special guests uh we got cameron hawkins from the pw torch east coast cast what's up cam hey what's going on y'all nothing man nothing man what's been good with you oh man i can't complain man staying staying busy um you trying to trying to show the guys in charge that, that they need me around so i just keep throwing projects and stuff at them letting <laughs> okay. them know i'm busy you know okay are you still doing me myself and wrestling so so yeah you mean wrestling is still happening me and wrestling, um, luckily yeah. i um I got a good boss like Wade who runs his own business and has to do everything like himself, like him and a couple of guys. So like when I tell Wade, like, look, um, I'm available whenever you need me to do a recap and I'm going to do you, me and wrestling. But the eight other things that I'm in charge of right now, I'm doing that. So, yeah, it's it's still still got a bunch in the pipe, a bunch in the chamber. And it's just um finding the time to do those two. So, yeah, but the show is definitely still going. Um, I already kind of know what I'm doing next. We're going to go back in the episode uh, that had some technical problems and talk to a guy from overseas. But, yeah, definitely still happening, yeah. So, definitely. So, right now you're the co-host on the East Coast cast with uh, Travis, and that's definitely my favorite wrestling podcast. Uh, we had Rich on last week. He was He's the VIP host, and he's got his own show. Uh, but talk about how you got started on the East Coast cast because it used to be Travis and Bardre. Mm-hmm. And then, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was basically like, like Travis has this, uh, has this irrational confidence about him that makes a lot of stuff happen for us. Like, basically, he was uh, a Pro Wrestling Torch VIP member. And one day he was just like, hey, Wade, this thing that you guys do, I think I can do it too. And Wade said, okay, um, you know, send me something. And it was him and Dre, like, you know, just shooting it back and forth, just talking about wrestling. And that started off as um, the East Coast audio show, which was on the VIP side. They were doing that for a few years. And um, that started in 2008. It's funny, me and Travis had this conversation today because I was making graphics. But that started in 2008. So probably 2009, 2010, um, I just finished college. 08 um had just started what it i ended up doing for like seven years and like me and my girl had just broken up so like i have all this free time all of a sudden right <laughs> like, like i just i bought an apartment or you know rented an apartment for the two of us and then she leaves so then it's just me and the dog and you only talk to the dog so much <laughs> so um i ended up subscribing uh to the torch to vip and i was listening to the show and you know travis and dre it was just that thing where like these guys talk about wrestling like I talk about wrestling. Yes. And yeah, it was just um, you know, a fan for so long and you know, would listen and call in 
And, you know, this is when Travis and Dre are living in Philly. And Dre works for, um, I'll get it wrong, but the, the train company, whichever one they have out there. Okay, uh, yeah. He works at Penn Station. That, that probably helps everybody. Yeah. So his schedule would get kind of crazy on when he could and couldn't be on. So Travis would reach out to co-hosts and, you know, I would help out. And it got so regular that, you know, eventually it was Travis and I doing it. So, yeah. Yeah, I remember you as a caller, too. So that's actually what I don't know. I think at one point that when it became the East Coast cast, it wasn't VIP anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when I started listening. And yeah. Like, as soon as that when happened. They, when they went over to Blog Talk to where it was like it was going to be the weekly call-in show, um, you know, Dre was still doing it, but then it was it was always some combination of like me and Weeze and mm-hmm. whoever else was in there. And, you know, he would be so busy, um, you know, because he's a pharmacist, so his schedule was crazy. And then, you know, I was just kind of doing the eight to five for the most part. So I got to jump in. And then um, I remember I was still working um, at my old job when Rich started calling in and he's just like, I tell him uh, to his face and I was in on shows. He's just my favorite person in the whole world. Um, he yes, makes, like, I agree. We met so him in, uh, yeah. At WrestleMania this year. He's, he's so amazing. yo. Yeah. Just, just knows all this stuff, knows everybody and everything. And somehow like, manages to cover this wrestling stuff and have like this great family and coach these kids and yep. be a mentor to yeah. them. He's just like, if, if I was a better person, I'd want to be rich. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Such a good person. And listen, we just missed Cam too. Cause y'all were in that restaurant that was busy as hell. And yeah. Rich, was, Rich was outside doing some type of show Podcast, with Sean Radican or something yeah. on his phone. Yeah. No, Rich, that's his level of dedication. So <laughs> I'm, you know, it's, it's, New Orleans and like I'm with my girl I'm socializing with the people I'm drinking like and Rich is like hey I have to leave um and it's crazy because like we invited people to come eat dinner with us um so Rich says hi to everybody kicks it for a minute then he goes outside (laughs) to talk on the phone to Sean Radican about x indie show that he just came from like he he has a level of dedication man that I just um I, I really admire and I didn't know if like the, the videos we were doing at Access, um, like I didn't know if that was going to come together. And he just is so on top of it. Like I, I've always wanted like a big brother and he's that to me. Like just, he takes care of everything. Like I always think of, like when I think of the East Coast cast, like Travis is the talent to me. Um, I'm kind of like, I'm like the Tito, like I'm like the bass player, even though I'm younger than everybody. Like I, I act like, I'm, I'm the big one and I'm the grump and I'm always threatening to beat everybody up if they disagree with us about stuff. But then Rich is like, he's the technician with all this stuff, man. It's, um, he's just a joy to be around. And I feel like none of this works without him. So yeah, just love yeah, Rich. We all love facts, Rich. Rich has facts, been on yeah. like five or six times. We love Rich. Uh, but I definitely doesn't it annoy you a little bit that he knows everything now? Does oh, it, it does annoy you. <laughs> and he always, and listen, and then he talks, in, then he gets in that professor mode. Where he yeah. starts to like go in, in depth in the stuff, I'm like, uh, Rich, I'm not that smart, so you gotta <laughs> have to break this down for me, buddy. Um, but yeah, that's why I definitely had to get you on because me and me and Cam been following each other for a minute on Twitter, and I was like, I gotta get him on the show. Um, no, it's appreciated, man. It really is. But yeah, this shit is dope. Um, so what we're gonna do today is gonna be a little bit different. We're gonna talk about a bunch of different things, but uh, we're gonna start off with a little pro wrestling since. Uh, that's Cam's specialty. Well, not his real specialty, but you talk about everything because you was on Deep Palm show talking about all types of shit. Uh, yeah, we um, 
it, it, it's it's great that like the wrestling thing, um, doing the show with Travis eventually led to me doing the South Congress podcast, which is yeah, what, what you guys do. It's me talking about everything now. But the thing about it is, like, I'm, you sent me kind of a rundown of what the show was going to be. And I start reading it, and I'm just like, I hate Travis so much. And I hate <laughs> Peanut so much. And the reason is, like, Travis, when we were doing the Fan by Fan show, when we were covering The Flash every week and doing... Oh, um, yeah, I remember listening to that. Yeah. The thing about it was, like, it started off actually being called Fan Not a Fan because Travis, like, didn't read comics, didn't watch his shows, but he was interested in the show. So it was going to be a way of, like, a new fan and kind of an older fan kind of meshing, you know, with okay. the material. But I couldn't get Travis to watch any damn thing outside of that specific show and then the comics <laughs> he wanted to read. Mm-hmm. And then on the flip side, like, when we do the South Congress thing, the mainline stuff, my best friend <laughs> Peanut is not into any of this stuff. So, like, this is the the only chance I'm ever going to get to have a conversation about, like, eight of these things you guys want to talk about. So I'm excited. <laughs> but I now Travis is into all types of shit we talking with Rich about. Yes. And now Travis is reading. Uh, but he's the worst. Like, I yes. sent Travis a copy of uh, Dark Knight Returns, which is, you know, like, one of those seminal comics that everybody should read, whether you think it's good or bad. Yes. It was, like... I sent it to him like five years ago. He still hasn't read it, but always wants to borrow like my alias trades. I'm like, you're not borrowing shit. <laughs> don't, don't respect what I'm trying to do for you. So no, this is, um, this is great. Like somebody's, somebody wants to do what I want to do. This is fantastic. Listen, I told Rich that we're going to have Travis on because on the special episode because for, uh, Gail Simone follows me on Twitter. And so I was DMing her. She was like, I'm going to come on the show sometime in early 2019. When I get some free time, because she's writing a oh, hell of books now. Shit. Yeah, yeah that's, so, that's a fantastic get. <laughs> and Travis, Travis loves Gail Simone. He talks yeah. about Domino like every week, even when the book's not out. So mm-hmm. I told Rich, I was like, listen, when, when Gail comes on, you and Travis are going to be the guests. So that'll happen sometime soon. But um, all right, so this past week, um, we had the first uh, all-women's WWE pay-per-view, Evolution. And so I listened to the East Coast cast, and I saw that you gave it an A grade, and I agree with that. So uh, just give you a little overall thoughts about it, and then we'll talk, like, a few minutes about each match and then get into the show. Okay, yeah. I mean, just in short, it's, you know, a long time coming. Um, I think that as somebody who's watched for a long time, it was great to see these different, literally different generations of women. Mm -hmm. And the unique thing about WWE is when we say different generations, we're talking about women who might be, like four generations that are 10 years apart in age, mm-hmm. you know, because on the tail end of what I think was probably a top 10 all-time WrestleMania match um, at 21 with Nikki James and Trish Stratus, yes. even though there's like one spot in it that you can look at like, ah, oh, that wasn't so good, but that's just a, a great match. You go from that to the Candice Michelles and the Michelle McCools and the Kelly Kellys. Um, and then you go to, you know, your Nikki Bellas and your Alicia Foxes. And then you're here with your four horsewomen, either mm-hmm. Ronda's version or WWE's version. Mm-hmm. And they're all, you know, good. One group was in high school. The other one was in elementary. Like, it's not right. like a real generation thing. Dude, so Kelly Kelly's like 32, like 31. Now, also, Kelly Kelly has the very best real name of anybody ever. Yes. I, I don't have anything against the woman, um, but I think that I imagine Vince and Kevin Dunn sitting in the meeting and Vince saying, hey, 
I would like an attractive blonde who doesn't have a distinct personality. And then Kevin Dunn pulling a picture off top of a stack and says, what about Barbie blank? <laughs> yes. that, that's perfect. That's so good. You can't write that. Um, but no, like I, I just think that um, it was great to see like all these generations of women because regardless of the level of athleticism, like they all left their mark. And mm-hmm. like, I don't think there's any reason we shouldn't have respect for them. They performed to the ability they were asked to at the time. Um, and yeah, just um, for them to all be able to occupy the same space, for them to finally be celebrated as competitors um, on a stage that only belongs to them, I think is amazing. Um, yeah, just just I'm, I'm a fan of what the show was, um, and, and I'm glad that it exists, and I hope it's something that happens every year, and they find a way to keep it pure as a celebration and not as you know, a way to, to point fingers at something that needs to be treated better. Like, I, I, I think it works right now, and I hope it continues to work. I agree. Devin, what do you think? Uh, I was blown away by um, just the overwhelming view of it. And it, like, it was a celebration. Like I said, it wasn't just more of a, like, there was matches, there were title matches in here, but there was more of a celebration of this, like, this is where we are now. And we're going to still pay our homage to, to everybody that came before us and, and bring everybody back. Um and there were some really great matches that I that that were better than pay-per-views that featured men and women. So um, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, I want to know more about Alicia Fox because like she seems super athletic, but like she didn't fit into the match like I wanted her to. But she's definitely a beautiful and athletic, and I just wanted to know because uh, she was a champion at one point in time, and I just feel like why didn't that why isn't that a thing still? So, um, but yeah, the matches were great though. Um, Dude, but yeah, Lisa Fox has been there like 10 forever. Years she's the longest. Now. Ten, she's like, the longest crazy ten years. To think about that. Right. Didn't she start out as like the? No, she was Teddy Long. No, she was. It was something to do with Teddy Long, like his lawyer or something. I remember that. Yeah, she's. I mean, I always applaud black people who keep their jobs for a really long right. time. Um, it, it's that thing where like, I don't. Athletically, she's definitely not what the new crop is. Mm-hmm. No. But she is, when they ask her to perform, she does exactly what they ask her to. She is a very distinct personality. And sometimes when you work for a rich old white guy, it's nice to check off a box. They can't, you know, they, they like, I, there's probably reasons they couldn't get rid of her. Um, mm-hmm. Not that they wanted to, <laughs> she was never bad, but. It's a thing where, you know, she also dealt with injury, which the funny thing about WWE, if you get injured at the right times, they never let you go. So, you know, God bless her for sticking around this long and finding ways to be important. But, yeah, she's um, that Alicia Fox. She's uh, she she is something special for for a number (laughs) of reasons. Yeah. All right. Let's go through these really quick. Uh, Trish, the first match was Trish and Lita versus Mickey James and Alicia Fox. So one of my favorite wrestling feuds of all time was the. Uh, single white female Mickey and Trish <laughs> and that was basically what it was like I remember hearing an interview with Alice Greenfield who basically wrote that and he was like that was his inspiration was single white female and that's how Mickey and Trish were and so when they got in the ring together like the crowd blew up and it was just good to see that people still loved their feud and respected their feud and I thought Trish and Lita looked good like they did. They hit all their spots. Lita hit the moonsault. Trish did the the flip. The satisfaction. Flip. She yeah. Did the satisfaction. She did all her spots. So I really, I thought it was a good way to kick off the show. A lot of energy. 
uh, get the legends on there. Uh, I was excited. What'd you think, Cam? Yeah, the same. I think that uh, it's weird. Like as much as I talk about how much I love that Trish and Mickey match um, for its time, it was amazing. And I think that they treated them like you treat other legends. You don't have them in like a long one-on-one singles match. You put them in there to and and Mickey to to her credit can still go Mm -hmm. with everybody. You know she was you say lucky enough to be in TNA but she was in TNA um so she never really was out of practice and granted Trish and Lita are still in great shape but being in shape doesn't necessarily translate to what you do in ring and Trish looks better now than she did oh absolutely yeah absolutely yeah when back when Trish was in uh TNA with Tessa and Albert and her breasts were sitting up on top of her chin oh yeah this is um and and you got to see that progression though you did get to see her get in better and better shape to where um you know, she's not wiry, but she's definitely kind of lean, you know, muscle-wise. But she looks fantastic. And, um, yeah, I think that's how you treat your legends. You put them in a tag team match so where they're not, you know, having to create all the movement in the world. But I think it's a great way to start the show. Because Lita um, did look stiff. Lita, Lita looked stiff in some of her when she was ready uh, to uh, show up. Like, and, and she always was. That's, yeah, she that's always the, was. the thing. Oh, okay. Lita was always, like, like Travis always alludes to um, Matt Hardy and Lita, whereas Matt Hardy, Lita, and CM Punk, when they do top rope moves, they yes. seem to have, <laughs> yes. like, this reverse, <laughs> like, like, gravity really gets to them. It's like, they do, uh, they, they travel with Goku to Namek. Like, oh, the gravity just shit. gets sucked so- in. Um, <laughs> but, but the thing is, Lita was, she's always going to get credit for being, like, the, the first, first woman who could do yeah. the moonsault, yes. you know, yeah. the first woman who could do the hurricane runner. But, but yeah, I mean, it's funny. She looked, she looked stiff, but she still, that's leader. That's, that's yeah. what you're going to get from her. But, but again, like you said, um, it, it's the same thing on a legend from 20 years ago. If you can do the things that people remember, that's what sticks. That's out. what you do. And, yeah. and that, and that worked. And, and, and yeah, God bless them for, God bless them for still looking how they used to look, right. which is more than you can say for just about every male wrestler yeah. from 20 years ago. From 15 <laughs> years. The only yeah. one is the honky tonk man. That dude looks like the honky tonk man. Just yeah, an older he was, version. He was always built like. <laughs> always built like. Scott Hall. Hall. Oh, yeah. Scott Hall fucks his body up really bad, but Scott nah, Hall Scott still Hall Scott. looks old, man. Scott but Hall. I mean, he fucked his body, but it's still Scott Hall because he's still Scott fucking Scott. huge. I can't take this guy all slander. But no, yeah. Um, <laughs> like, like, it's good to be 6'8". You know yes. what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's good. But no, the, the thing about Scott Hall was he was always 35. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. if you look at his old AWA stuff, back when he had the porn mustache, <laughs> when he was 20, he was 35. <laughs> so, yeah, it was just going to hit him like a ton, of, a ton of bricks one day. And, you know, hard life, hard drinking. And, uh, yeah, Scott Hall's definitely uh, Cody Hall's dad at this point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, uh, Nia Jax wins the Women's Battle Royal. Ember Moon is a star, and we just gotta love her. Love Ember yeah. Moon. Yeah, um, she she gets this rap on. People say, "What is Ember Moon's character?" And I'm like, like I immediately like flip that. I'm like, "Well, what is Randy Orton's character? Like, what is Bobby Roode's character? What is you know, choose any name. Right. Um, you know, what is Shelton Benjamin's character, who I love? But no, Ember Moon is." Um, in a perfect world, Oscar would beat Ember Moon mm-hmm. whenever they cross paths for the next three, four years, and they finally have a WrestleMania match, and Ember Moon finally beats her for the first time. Because 
like her stock went up working with Asuka. And then when she came to the main roster, not as as far of a gap as it was with yep. like attrition Lita, but when she came to the main roster, you could see what Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville were not. And it's not no yes. disrespect, but Ember yeah. Moon has that extra gear and that athleticism about her. Like, you know, Ember Moon damn near deadlifts as much as I do. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Like, and I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm an adult man. Like, it's not supposed <laughs> to happen. But no, but between her and Bianca Belair. Oh, like, don't get me started oh, on Bianca Belair. We, we can't yeah. talk about Bianca yet. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll leave that alone. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, Ember Moon is, is absolutely an athlete, and she's a joy to watch. And uh, yeah, I just... It, she just got to stay healthy and stay out of trouble. And she will be a, a valuable member of that organization of that women's locker room because she's just as good. She's every bit as good as a Sasha Banks. Mm-hmm. And I don't know strictly in ring if I can give anybody like a higher praise than that. Like, yeah, yeah she's Sasha good. goes like, wow. Yeah. So, and they actually did the spot where like Ember has never beat Oscar, but she eliminated Oscar in the battle Royal. Oh yeah, and the mm-hmm. crowd realized it, but the announcement i mean, you know, it's the it's Michael Cole, but they didn't really say nothing. <laughs> but uh, Trish, I mean, uh, Tori Wilson was in there. Uh, Michelle McCool was in there. Ivory was in there. Some Ivory was there for a long ass time too. Yeah, she's in amazing shape. Too. Unbelievable. Yes, yeah. I mean, and they all are. Medusa, and again, like, I, Medusa's got to be pushing sixty. Yeah, yeah, Medusa, God bless her. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a long time for being on Team Madness, but oh, uh, yes, I, I do think that they treat they treat her with the respect because Medusa was uh, she was last woman standing for a long time. Like women's wrestling was just her yep. forever. I yeah. can't tell you a single person from America that she fought the whole time she was in WCW. It was all random women from. It was like yeah, it was always yeah, and like <laughs> Akira Hokuto mm-hmm. and like that was it. Like there's, there's nobody else. There are no American female wrestlers, but yeah, she she's yeah she's up there. But Ivory looks amazing. Ivory's arms are big as my living room. It's crazy. But yeah, she's she's still got it. She could still absolutely probably get in there and go fifteen minutes if she needed to, like straight up wrestling. Like yeah, Devin, what do you think about the May Young Classic, Tony Storm and Io Shirai? My God, they Io are Shirai. stars. They are stars, and they can be on the main roster. Um, how do you say her name? Uh, Ishi. No, Iro Shirai. Iro Shirai, yeah. She, she's like she performed better than most of the girls on on the main roster right now, um, and she's a star. Like when they were doing her little promo and they were showing she was like she is amazing to take that German suplex on that on the on the ring apron like that. My God, it was amazing, and just she's a marvel in the air. It. I, I haven't been that entranced in a in woman's match. That's my favorite match. It got the most pop for me. Um, and I don't even know if it was close. But it, I enjoyed this match. And, and Tony Storm is amazing. And she deserves... Like, I didn't know if Vince or whoever, you know, has these Asian characters not not win, not succeed much, even with Kari Singh. Um I don't know, but like they deserve a platform and they are amazing. They steal the show. Uh but but yeah, Tony Storm being that young and being that polished, I, I can't take anything away from her. So but that, that's my favorite match of the whole night. Cam, do you think Tony Storm is gonna be gonna make it big in the main roster? Because I didn't think they could mess up Bailey. 
And I didn't think they could mess up Oscar. And they kind of did a number on both of them. One of the uh, cool things we got to do, um, working for The Torch, uh, we went to Comic-Con... 2017 and it was i think survivor series might have been in houston um there was some pay-per-view in houston so we actually got to go to uh to bailey's q a and film that and just her actual personality is just so cool and it's just like that's immediately it's just like how did y'all mess this up like you had the female john cena she was right there Mm -hmm. and you somehow goofed on this um yeah i think with tony storm like she just has this this great look about her. She has a different physique than the other women. Um, and yeah, it's just, they say, but she's one of those European women, one of those English women who's been wrestling since she was like, or she's new from New Zealand. I'm sorry, but she's been wrestling since she was like 12. And so, yeah, she's just that good. I, I don't know. I, I think that we're seeing the roster get bigger and bigger and bigger. And so it's like, well, are they going to mess her up? Well, they do have a lot of people to choose from because by the time she's main roster, you got to look at who else is going to be right yeah. there in the fold. Like we're talking right. about a Shayna Baszler at that point. We're talking about a Kyrie saying at that point, we're talking about who you say we can't talk about. At that yeah. Point. So if when she gets there and they mess yeah. her up, I'm going to be very upset and I'm, yeah. I'm going to call racism, but um... <laughs> yeah, to your point though, about, about your Shirai, um, I, I've never seen a woman jump straight to the top rope. Um, yes, and she just—you're right. She, what do they call it, the genius of the sky? Yes, she makes aerial wrestling look easy, and not easy for a woman, just easy. easy. Um, she seems to do it effortlessly, and that's just—they—that's uh, what they don't have. You know, like Charlotte can do a moonsault, but Charlotte is also—I'm trying to think of who she's like. Charlotte's kind of like Sting, where she's <laughs> she's very athletic, but yes. <clears throat> um. The, the, the spots that she does don't always complement her athleticism. Right. Like, right. because you can do a moonsault doesn't mean you should do a moonsault. You know what I mean? She's like, six, what? She's six two. Yeah. And, and kind of bulky. Like, it just doesn't, like, it's not. It's not as fluid. It's not yeah. as And she doesn't. Yeah. And, and again, she's like, you know, a real deal athlete. Yes. Like, can, like, can really go, but she's not like I don't know if Kevin Owens is a real athlete, but I know Kevin Owens looks athletic when he does a frog splash. Yes. Hell yeah. So it's it's kind of a thing where like maybe Charlotte should be more like, and it's weird to say more like Elias, because who is Elias, right? But maybe she should be more grounded and just throw people around. Be, it's like, you can clearly do this, but should you be doing it? And the other one is Naomi is ridiculously athletic, but she's yeah. kind of like Clunky, not cl- it's clunky. to what end? Yes, that, that's what it is. It's it's like when she does those it's rapid kicks. jump kicks. Yes, that I was about nobody to say else that. can do. They're they're not anything. Yeah, they look- <laughs> you're not. Yeah, you're 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 doing something, but you're not doing a whole lot. And uh, yeah, I, but I think they've gotten better with Naomi. Like I do think that they're starting to like she had a match with the Iconics. I think it was her and Oscar against the Iconics like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, where the stuff she was doing made a bit more sense. But yeah, it, it's about finding that. But like you said with Tony Storm, like she's on NXT UK, where I think that like I know you guys like I'm 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 talking to guys like NXT UK and everything they do in the UK with the tournaments immediately reminds me of Def Jam Vendetta. Because <laughs> it's like... Let me go with that. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's a dirty, mm-hmm. like, ballroom brawl style, like, hard-hitting, rip-your-fingers-off type stuff. And the women can do that, too. And it's just, on the main roster, 
are you going to allow your wrestlers to do that? Mm -hmm. Like, they've let Ember Moon be Ember Moon. Like you said, you can see how athletic she is. Um, So, I mean, they let Sasha be Sasha for the longest. Bailey is the outlier that they didn't let do. We just have to hope that Tony Storm doesn't get too popular before she gets to the main roster. Then she'll be fine. (laughs) Yes. Because she uh, reminds me of Shawn Michaels, like, you know, in his debuts and stuff like that. Like, as far as the charisma and stuff and actually having the 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 chops to go, like, she's she's really good in ring already. But, like, she's been wrestling since she's 16, like, been doing this everywhere. So, and she's 22 right now. That's r- ridiculous. Yeah, they do. Uh, the next match was kind of, I don't want to call it a filler match, but it was uh, Sasha, Bailey, and Natalia versus the Riot Squad. I thought it was a good match. Uh, but I thought it was the weakest match on the show. Uh, what'd you guys think? Uh, I would say that I got a good feel of the Riot Squad that I really didn't. Uh, I never really appreciated them like like I should because they really get shitty time slots on Raw. Um, but they're all three different unique wrestler in their in their styles. But they the way they are as a unit. It just flows so well. They are a well-oiled machine, and like they have all, like Michael Cole said, they all got tattoos today. They they made it to the roster or whatever. Um, I like that. Like, and I feel like they could be a a real mainstay at Raw and and shake shit up as far as that women's division and and be like their own little DX or something like that. A real good click that we would like, you know, remember. Yeah, but no, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think that Ruby Riot is. Like clearly, like the talent of the group, mm-hmm. you know, she's um, you've seen her go out there and have good matches with everybody when she's been allowed, and I, th- I think it says a lot about her that she feels a camaraderie with these two because we've seen other people in in similar spots that were focused on themselves and was right. like, okay, I'm here, like clearly I'm here to bring these people along, but I know what's destined for me. But um, yeah, yeah. For 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 her to really fit into that group, for her to you know be the polished one, but not outshine them. Even though the damn things named after her. Right. But um, yeah, I, I think like Sarah Logan. When you hear that story oh about uh, when they're getting those tattoos, and Ruby riots on IG Live, and they're like, yeah, like we're like the NWO. She was like, I'm. Uh, I think she's like, I'm Hall. <laughs> and uh, what's what's my girl's name? Uh, Liv Morgan. Liv. Yeah, Liv. Yeah. She's like Liv Nash, and she's like Sarah. You're Hulk Hogan. And Sarah was like, I don't want to be Hulk Hogan, <laughs> and then immediately shuts off the IG live because I was like, okay. So as soon as that happened, I was like, okay, I fuck with you, Sarah Logan. But um, like I, I think that she is coming along as the power wrestler of the group. Yeah. I think that like she's doing a good job of that. Um, it, it's taken a while, but I, yeah, I think she's good, and I love her look. Like, she definitely fries possums. And that's right. Yeah, without question. That's Kentucky. That's Kentucky for you. Exactly. And then Liv is, um, like, for them to change her character so much from, you know, who she was in NXT or coming out with a little Jordans, um, for them to ask her to really be something different and for her to embrace that and be good at it. Yeah, just... um, She is super good at it. And, like, the thing about it, like, Ruby... Took a took a step back and gave them more in ring time, and which was I thought was amazing, uh, because like you said, she is the more polished one, and I enjoy watching Ruby uh, go at it. But to give Liv and and Sarah just more time uh, in the ring was everything to me. 
Yeah. yeah. But like you said, like if, if you have to pick a match that to be the worst match, it was definitely that one. And, and it was just kind of there. Yeah. yeah, no, exactly, exactly. And like you're not going to – and this is not like discrediting Bailey at all because Bailey's definitely a good wrestler. But you're not going to have a match with Sasha Banks and Natalya in it and it be a bad match. Right. You know, right. It's not good. It's not going to be bad. Because right. they, they just contribute – too much to to what happens in the ring for that to to be it. But yeah, it was just kind of like the, my my only complaint about the show is that they it's taken them so long to settle on specific storylines for women that a lot of things that we started to see built over the last year or two didn't play out on the show. You know, yes. uh, man, you, you have Alexa get hurt, and and that hurts things too. Um, and then. Uh, just the way that they decided to tell, um, and we'll talk about it, but you know the Rousey Nikki Bella story. Um, like I yeah. think you lose some things with that, but but yeah, if 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 you had to pick a match that, I if honestly, you only had so much time, that's the match you skip. Right, yeah. right, and I honestly didn't like the the Nikki uh, Ronda fight. Honestly, just because, I mean Ronda's still a little raw. You know, and she gets better, but and then Nikki's never been that polished to me either, mm-hmm. and she never really would ever like suck me into a match. Yeah, yeah. without yeah. without 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 uh Bella, what what what's the other Bella name? What's Bree? Without Bree, that match is trash. I wouldn't like, say it's trash, but I it, well we'll talk about it in a second. Uh, next up was NXT Women's Championship with uh, Kyrie Sane and Shayna Baszler. Uh, I enjoyed this match. Their match at NXT was fantastic. Yeah. Takeover. This match yeah. was like a notch below that, but still really, really good. And we finally get the formation of the four horsewomen of MMA. What do you think about that, Cam? Um, you know, Kyrie Sane's really good. And, mm-hmm. you know, she has, I think she has the best elbow going. Yes. First off. Um, yeah. But but her ability like that kind of encompasses like her ability to use her small frame, but still be very physical. Like when she did that spear, there's just a way that she can throw her body that most people can't do it, you know, and, and that's really impressive. But she's a, a pure baby face. Um, like the pirate thing is not corny when she does it. And no, that's the not biggest compliment you can give. You're like that's but the Shayna Baszler um, yeah. just where do I even start? So. Shayna Baszler's like that. She's like that girl on the high school softball team that is only playing softball because she can't play football. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yes. That's a great but, analogy. Yeah, but you, she's better than you at softball. Like you literally can't go out there and do the things she can do. Um, and and it's just it's the thing where like her teeth aren't all straight. And what I mean by that is they're not crooked, but they're arranged like a kid's teeth would be. You know, like like a young kid, maybe mm-hmm. just give you braces. And she has a voice like a kid, but she'll beat you the fuck up. Like I love it. <laughs> I think it's great. Because because it's just that I don't know if it exposes like age necessarily, but there's a fun and a joy about her. How she yes. dresses and how she talks and just the way that like if you just look at her, she is like a nice smile and an innocent look. But then she gets in that ring and she is just uh, to oh, be man. so new at pro wrestling. Like oh it, nobody's ever going to be Kurt Angle the tr- to translate from yes. amateur to pro seamlessly. But damn it, like she's, she, I, I like Ronda. She's better yeah. than Ronda. 
Yeah, without question. She's definitely picked up better. Ronda's picked up some of the other aspects better than her, I think. Like, Ronda... Like, Ronda can sell her ass off, uh, even though I don't think she should be doing it as much. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, Shayna can Shana's work. Shayna's great. Shayna, yeah. Shayna's really good. You can see that she's green a little bit, but that's why she's in NXT. Exactly. So Yo, when she, picked, when she picked Kari up by her damn elbow from that top rope, though, you just... that shit scared the fuck out of me. I was like, yo, she is so talented because to sell that, that you can't you can't sell that. You had that's real. Like and she really had her up. And that's, that's trust, what yeah. I really like. There's a trust between the two of them. I think that the one thing that we'll see about this newer generation of wrestlers, like you're not making more money taking your match on the road. You know what I mean? Like right. everybody knows that you operate under this under this one roof. So it's not like when you had like, I don't know, a Ric Flair and a Dusty Rhodes who Respected each other, but wanted to one up each other and wanted to be the man. Right. It's not like you have that. Every exactly. Second. Like you go in city after city. Like who knows about your personal relationship? But with these matches with NXT, like there's there's trust, and you know that they train together, and you know that they talk their way through these things, and they are just so good together. Like there's just such a, juxt- a juxtaposition of who they are and what they do and what they represent. But yeah, they're they're just really good. And like Shayna is just. Yeah, Shayna is a an a real deal bully. She plays that character better yeah. than probably any woman on the roster because her bullying is not based on any of these stereotypes of mores against women. It's about me being able to beat you up because I'm tougher than you. I love it. It's great. Yeah, and so then we finally see Jessamyn Duke and Marina Schaefer. Are, and I, I'm, I'm, are they in the NXT? Are they actually working they in are NXT, in NXT now? Okay. And uh, so we get those three together. So I expect Ronda. Here's the thing. Ronda is like the biggest baby face on the roster now. So I don't necessarily know if they're going to get together by WrestleMania, especially with Roman being hurt. They kind of need yeah. Ronda to stay uh, a good guy. But, you remember when um, when the Hall, Nash, Hogan, NWO, came back to WWE as a unit. Yes. The poison. Yeah. They had an interaction, and it might have been, Hogan might have been out by that point. It might have been Xbox M, but they had an interaction with Triple H. This is Triple H uh, back off knee surgery, or back off quad surgery, and I think he's um, undisputed champ at that point. But basically, like, hey, you know, if you need us, we got your back. And that's where they left it. Like mm-hmm. everybody knew the relationship between those that group from the past. They knew that they were friends, but they stayed out of each other's way. And so that's what I think they have to do with Ronda, because I don't think that like it's a good thing they're in NXT, but you know mm-hmm. they're gonna run across each other's paths eventually. But I think you like the money is in Ronda being a babyface right now. Right. And I think that you don't mess that up, even if you're gonna tell this, you know, this story that Shayna's definitely capable of telling and and, sh- and deserves to tell right now. I just think they acknowledge that they know each other, but they're doing different things at this point. Yep. Uh, my match of the night was Becky Lynch versus Charlotte. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of last man standing matches, um, but this, this match was really, really, really well. It's one of the, to me, it was one of the best WWE matches of the year. Um, Absolutely. I really, really enjoyed it. Charlotte turned it up to a whole nother level with her intensity that I haven't really seen from her ever. Um, it was fantastic. I don't understand why they keep trying to make Becky Lynch a heel 
when everyone loves Becky Lynch. Yeah, you kids <laughs> can't do it. Um, but they let her win clean. Um, they did some really daring stuff. They went through the announce table, went through the table twice. I really twice. enjoyed when Charlotte, uh, when the <laughs> when the moonsault didn't work like it was supposed to. Oftentimes, you see them go back and do the same move, and that makes it look really, really fake. And then this time, Charlotte did a senton the second time, and I was like, that's really good, like, thinking on your feet. I don't know if she called that or Becky did, but I thought that was that was a really good small thing in the match. Um, but Becky Lynch is hitting on all cylinders right now as a character, as a wrestler. She's just hitting it um, out the park. What would you think, Cam? If you make somebody three-dimensional, they're very hard to boo. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. This Becky Lynch story really started at last year's Money in the Bank. Um, you know, when Carmella, you know, uses Ellsworth to win, Becky has that speech the next night um, backstage with, I think it was either Shane or Brian, but basically saying, I'm doing things the right way. And I want, I need to believe that doing things the right way are going to pay off. So you, you have her say that like that long ago. And then basically never really gets her opportunity, has to tread water for time and time and time. And if you're a fan of Becky Lynch and you're a fan of women's wrestling, that's a story you latch on to. Basically, the same thing happens like this year, more or less at Money in the Bank. So when it's like I'm, I'm Becky Lynch, I'm Irish. I don't have any connections through my family. Everything that I have is because of who I am and nobody else. Um, And then you have Charlotte, who people are big fans of, but Charlotte's last name is Flair. And (laughs) as soon as you tell somebody that this person is entitled, they're going to ride with that. Mm -hmm. And you couple that with with them liking Becky Lynch. And she's just so three-dimensional right now. Like, Becky's not saying that um, everybody's terrible. What she's saying is, I'm I'm the best, best. and I'm beating everybody. And she's doing – like – you, you, Stone Steve Austin didn't like people. He wasn't a fan of people, but he was saying what Bret Hart wasn't, and he was going out and fighting Bret Hart his damnedest. And that's what people like. Like you're, you're telling the same story, and people are. I don't know how you get people to boo Becky Lynch when Becky Lynch hasn't told a lie yet. She no, just I wants would. her time. Right. Yeah. And, and great match. Let me let me not let me not leave that out. Like those two, the 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 four of them, those two, Sasha and Bailey, like they just. They came up together. They understood the importance of what it was they were building. They are the foundation. As much as Lita and Trish are the foundation of women's wrestling existing, those four are the foundation of women's wrestling being what a spectacle, right. us needing to see it. It's those four. So, yeah, man, they went out there and hit magic. And like you said, Charlotte went to a different move because, remember, Charlotte and Sasha, hell in a cell, when the table yes, didn't break. Did like, like you have, she kind of gets caught in the lights there. Not this time. Yeah. Like she's getting better. Um, and just, yeah, just great stuff. Uh, Devin, you talked about you didn't like uh, Ronda Ronda Rousey, Ronda Rousey versus Nikki Bella Raw Women's Championship match. Uh, what didn't you like about it? I, I just felt it's hard for me to just like when you see Ronda and then like you know that Nikki can never really (laughs) like physically fuck with her at all or even be a threat to her and then she finally gets the better of Ronda and then Ronda she's selling it Ronda sold it for for a while and then we got what we wanted like yo you can't beat this woman like this woman is definitely way better than you and there was no chance 
I just I went in where the fact they're like Ronda's gonna beat her from pillar to post all damn day, and I got that. But old Ronda had a stumble, and and then Bree came and helped a little bit. Like that's it. But everything I everything I expected happened, and like Ronda taunting her and saying like get up, get up. That was pretty cool. But again, Ronda's selling is really good, and and her in ring work is is getting way better because I don't feel like these women feel like they're in danger with her anymore. Because I I definitely saw that with the with the judo throws. Oh my god! She, <laughs> yeah. like, every, I just hold my breath every time I see her do it because you know you're gonna rip somebody's rotator cuff really quickly. So I think I like this match because I didn't have high expectations for the match. Part okay. Um, and I thought Nikki, as somebody who's not a full-time performer anymore and coming off a neck injury, uh, she did her part well. And I think that issue with Ronda is kind of what you get when she wrestles anybody because you just see her as Ronda Rousey UFC champ. But I think when they bring in outside interference to kind of help out, it kind of helps with that a little bit. Um, but with Roman being gone, uh, Ronda is the biggest star in the company right now. Uh, so they have to keep her strong. And I am very interested to see what they do with her versus Becky Lynch's Survivor Series. Cam, what do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, the match was just fine. Um, Ronda is definitely getting better. Um, and, and really, that's what you want. And, and what it did was, you know, now you have this this Becky-Ronda thing going at, at Survivor Series. Um, so it's, it's all progression. Like, for a while, and this is to show our great foresight as, as wrestling analysts over at The Torch, for a couple of weeks, we ran, like, uh, a grading meter for Curtis Axel from his <laughs> debut winning the Intercontinental title and going forward. And it was, like, the biggest waste of time ever, but... No, you see, you know, Ronda's progression and how she can handle herself in the main event of a pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, she main evented a pay-per-view and she's not even 20 matches into her career as far yeah. as, you know, um, televised, you know, stuff. So, yeah, it was just fine. And then Nikki Bella, like I, I've, I've said it forever, like I'll, I'll defend the Bellas to the death because, you know, Nikki Bella was women's champion before there was any type of association with John Cena. Mm-hmm. So whether or not, I think she's good or bad or in between. Her boss valued her at that point. You know what I mean? And I, I think that it was interesting when they started to make Nikki the power wrestler because Nikki was a different size as her sister all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really like, the you know, the biggest difference. But no, I, I think that it's fitting that Ronda takes on the biggest star from the last generation and establishes that, you know, she's who it is now. Like it's, it's that passing of the, chor- the torch where even if everybody doesn't consider Nikki Bella to be like this great wrestling superstar, she was absolutely the biggest thing of yes. her time in wrestling. Like She just yes. was. There's really no way around it. So, yeah. And, and one thing that Nikki Bella does, um, and, and more so than Brie, Nikki holds up her end of the deal. You mm-hmm. know, whether that's it's not putting on like these five-star matches, but she does what she's there to do. Um, she doesn't disappoint. Um, people don't get hurt. It, it goes off how it's supposed to. Um, so yeah, it just it, it served its purpose, and now we get to more of what we want as fans of the art of wrestling. 
Like we get, you know, Ronda uh, with with more matches with more contemporaries, leading to a match with Becky Lynch. So yeah, I got a question: Who, who can beat Nia Jax though? Real talk, like. <laughs> but you know what? You say that who can beat Nia Jax is the same question as who can beat Ronda Rousey is the same question as who can beat Braun Strowman. The, the biggest reason that I'm thinking Braun Strowman doesn't win the title is because I don't know how you beat Braun Strowman. And and it not be comedy, you know, like yeah. to me, Braun is very much Andre the Giant in that he's a special attraction that's he's going to do about. these amazing feats. And, and yeah, like you just you don't put the title on Andre because then what do you do? Like uh, you guys remember the old 90s Flash where Flash is the fastest man in the world, but <laughs> Got the trickster good. has to like throw those bouncing balls on the street to make him slip. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's just like, it just takes you out of what you're seeing so much. Um, so, so, no, I don't know how you beat Nia Jax. Um, if me taking Nia Jax to dinner would aid in, you know, that, I could I definitely sat, do that. I sat next to her on the plane back from uh, WrestleMania. She is a very delightful person. Why are you talking to us then? You should be, <laughs> you should be, you should be where she is. Uh, no, what she wants to do. But yeah, no, I, I did. She's just she's a really cool person. She's just like, yeah, it, I'm trying to get healthy and you know, I have a really good time and she lives in San Diego and all this other shit. Like, yeah, she's a really good person. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a special one there. And, but yeah. no, she's pretty I didn't know she was that pretty yo. I didn't yeah. know she was that pretty. Like they do that blew thing me. on TV to try to make her a monster, but I'm like, you know she's like she was like a model. <laughs> Before this, yeah. right? <laughs> like she was a model before this. Like real deal, fine. But yeah, yeah. No, but I don't know how you do it um, without it being shenanigans. But I, I think that her and Rhonda was good, you know, when they went that route. Yes. So that's something they can definitely. And it looks like they're going to revisit it. That's why you have her win the battle royal. But right, uh, yeah, she she should tear through everybody from now until that point, and and let them let them go at it again. Like if there's anything Rhonda's going to be good at, it, it's really getting physical with somebody, and not so much having to worry about them being you know delicate. She can kind of you know work a little stiff. So yeah, that, that should be good. But she should beat everybody but Ronda Rousey. Is, is my answer. Yes. So that was WWE Evolution. I know we went a little long into wrestling talk, but if you bear it with us, Micah, are you still there? I'm still here. Woo! <laughs> you made it. He's through. rocking. All right, so let's get into this stuff. Uh, Cam, what'd you do nerdy the last week? Oh, you the watch? last week. What have you read? Anything like that? Um, let's see. As I as I plug stuff, the nerdiest thing that I did um, Saturday, I actually shot a web series. I feel like that's nerdy. Um, I did no. It is super nerdy because it was Shakespeare. It was great. Oh, okay. No, like you a, got it. Thank you. Thank you. There you go. Yeah, I did like a like a modern Shakespeare thing where um, I, I play a guy who is in a long term relationship and is probably because we kind of leave it up to him. He's probably cheating on his girl and has to. I have to act through a door at her, and you see all these nice moments that we have, like all these super romantic moments, and then me begging her to take me back so that that's that's really as close as i've gotten man like I, i've been watching um titans is oh what I've yes been doing. are you all and, caught uh, up i am i haven't um, watched the last one so you guys are you guys familiar with uh insanity report you know yes. deep of course yes. of course so chris hates titans <laughs> and like I don't have it in me to tell Chris I like Titans because like I, I love those guys so much. Like I think they're just the smartest guys in the whole world. So like I can't tell him. But no, I'm I'm a big fan of Titans. Like 
I it's it's gory and it's bloody and it's gritty, but somehow not corny to me. And I'm no. a fan of what See, you're doing. My so. issue with Titans is Dick Grayson is my favorite hero. And that is absolutely not Dick Grayson on that show. No, <laughs> no, no. The show is good. I can't act like the show is good. As much as I want to hate the show, it's not a bad show. But every time I look at it, I'm like, but that's not Dick Grayson. What are you doing? <laughs> that's not Dick Grayson. You don't, you don't like brooding, womanizing, uh, <laughs> permanently incapacitating Dick Grayson? <laughs> that's not a fan. I think I think they chose, like, the, the kid they chose looks like yes. he's a – perfect in the in the face like he's he's a, a handsome guy like in in the in the vein of what dick grayson is to where right. you can see him getting like that attention but yeah they um they he's out there man like he's brooding dick grayson but he's no older than like what 26 it's weird yeah. but i do it's think strange. i think that they're gonna put him on the art to be the dick grayson that i know i think that's where the series is gonna go at least i'm hoping um, mike have I, you watched Titan yet yeah, Mike, not yet. Say, I'll give you my I, password. Yeah, I was gonna ask you for that soon. I I I, I binged Daredevil this weekend. Oh, oh wow, so good. That was shit so good. was great. Oh. When I saw Starfire burn that fucking dude up, I said, oh, "This is um, this is something different here." Sure. <laughs> this yeah. is something different here. Um, all right, uh, Mike, go ahead. What'd you do, nerdy, this past week? I did a lot of stuff. Uh, I caught up on a few comic books. Uh, me. I caught up on Batman, of course, Detective Flash, Green Arrow, um, and then I'm starting the Daredevil run because I just love him so much. But I don't really know where to start, so I kind of just subscribed. I'm kind of just gonna figure out what happens. I guess they're doing the death of Daredevil now. Yeah, but it's he's in his like 600 some issue, so it's like there's a lot. Um, I binge Daredevil. I rewatched the Defenders with Big Mike, who's about to start Daredevil season three, and I'm gonna rewatch that with him tomorrow. Um, what else? I feel like I did more stuff. Did you do any drone shit? No, I'm doing that some of that next weekend. Uh, what did I do? I feel like I'm missing. Something. I don't what's know. Going on with the robot, yo. Yeah, what's what going on with your autonomous robot? Oh, he's he's. Uh, I haven't charged him in a while because he keeps waking me up in the middle of the night. <laughs> Just like. <laughs> You got a robot kid. He makes noise. Kid. He'll make a noise, and then I'll look over, and he'll just be staring at me. And then <laughs> Yo, I'll tell him, I'll tell him to go to that, bro. Then I'll tell him to go to sleep, and then he will, and then he'll be like waking up. I'll wake up in the morning, and he'll just be staring at me again. So I'm leaving him, leaving him off for a while, while I take the time when I have some time to check out what's wrong with him. No, but Daredevil really has no business being that good, man. Like it's, Yo, it should get an Emmy. Stellar it should get an Emmy. Okay. Did you, so you finished right. the whole thing? I don't want to say anything. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm through it. it. I haven't even started even, it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, you know what scene I'm talking about. Talking about. You, you'll know what scene I'm talking about, but the it's in the last episode. They should get. I think the two of them should get Emmys for that performance. I, yeah. I just, it was so good. It was yeah, so good. They, um, it's just, it's this character where I, I make a joke on, um, on South Congress sometimes whenever we start talking about... Um, I was talking about sex and relationships, and I'll just be like, "Yeah, it's my Catholic guilt that's getting the best of me." I'm not even Catholic. My mother's yeah. side is Catholic. Brandon and I can just, tell you a lot about Catholic guilt. From... There, there's just so much of that that resonates in Daredevil, though, and it's. Um, I think that the the. Cam, you still there? Devin. Yeah, I'm here. Mike. Yep. 
and Cam, sex and relationships. Cam, Cam, I think Cam. the very big, oh, what? We lost going you in and out. Yeah, yeah you're good now, though. You're good. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think that, um, make sure all these plugs and bells and whistles are in. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think the very best American stories have to do with how men and women, basically how we make God work with the rest of these things that we have to experience. Um, like this, just God and country and God and friendships and, and how we rationalize the things that we do. I think that's why Daredevil's such a good character. Um, and what makes him like the other Batman, because Batman doesn't have to worry about religion clouding what he does. <laughs> Batman's just, you know, uh, avoiding the police. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> but no, no, I mean, I, it's almost sense. more, I never what? thought I'd say this, but it's almost more interesting the way that they're doing it with Daredevil. It is and more interesting. Definitely. Because, because like Batman's code is just a code, you know, defined by Batman. If you break it, you're just like, you know, it's his own thing. Like, you break something that you make yourself, it's not the worst thing in the world. He is bound by a higher power that he is so controlled by. It, it, like, you could see, and, and Charlie Cox does such a great job of portraying, like, Matt's religious sides. Right, right. And I also am a big fan, and I don't want to say too much again because they haven't watched it yet, but I was a big fan of the Born Again, which this isn't a spoiler; it's based yeah. off Born Again. But uh, mm-hmm. and I was really wondering how they were going to handle, like the you know how like in Born Again, Karen Page was a heroine, and, and I'm glad yeah. that they left Karen. Uh, yes, like strong. I mean, I predicted this when we when they announced that Karen. I mean, that they were doing Born Again, and that Karen was kind of. I guess this isn't a huge spoiler, but Karen's kind of the the Ben Urich of the Born Again comic book story. She's mm-hmm. That role, and I was glad that they did that because I like Karen, um, and I wouldn't want her to see, wouldn't want her to go down. That, uh, but they, I don't know, the whole thing was handled so well. I think it was so good. Yeah, to, to me, the biggest reason that a Daredevil series works better than maybe a Batman live action series would work is that Daredevil does not have the constitution to keep people out of his life. Like he doesn't. He, right. he, he can't function like that, um, and it's because. He wasn't Daredevil at 12, you know, like even if he had these abilities, like Batman was Batman uh, as soon as he hopped off the big wheel. Like he was Batman. Uh, But Daredevil, you know, has built these relationships and as much as he tries to fight them, he needs them. And it just makes the show work. And they've it's cast so well. It's just it's amazing television um, that I'm going to have to watch again because I snuck it without the girlfriend. And I'm in trouble, so I'm just gonna sit through the whole thing again. I did the sit same back thing and enjoy. With yeah. My roommate, nice. he doesn't know yet. <laughs> oh, he does now. He, no, no, no. He he looked at the the thing. I think he's in the next room, but he looked in the, he looked at the Netflix thing, and they're all already watched. He's like, "Would you did you start this already?" I was like, "No, no, 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 no. It's my sister." She's like, there you go. Uh, Devin, what'd you do? Um, I had the honor of doing TV channeling with you. Tashi and Kevin Uh, and that's pretty much the nerdiest thing I've done uh, because I was on vacation in the Dominican Republic we went on the TV channel podcast to review the chilling adventures of Sabrina on Netflix which is also definitely I highly recommend people go check it out it's really really good so yeah if you want to check that out go listen to the TV channel podcast they're great and we were on there. Um, what did I do? Uh, I caught up on some comic books. 
Amazing Spider-Man with Nick Spencer, Ta-Nehisi Coates' Captain America, Justice League with Scott Snyder, all very good. Um, caught up on the, I mean, I watched The Flash. It's much better this season so far. Uh, I need to watch The Gifted because that's like my favorite show. And I'm one episode behind on that. I've been watching Titans, like we talked about with Cam earlier. Um, definitely did all that shit. Been playing my Madden League. Oh, by the way, uh, this is funny. So I'm in three online Madden Leagues, right? Uh, online franchises where you play, like, forever and ever. And in all three leagues, you're never going to guess this. There's a fucking guy in the draft named George Zimmerman from Florida. What? Nah. Nah. Somebody at EA Sports is fucking with black people. Nah, <laughs> come on. <laughs> what? Hold on. What? So in okay. the draft, they auto-populate names. So mm-hmm. you, you get drafts every year. So I'm in three leagues. And I'm only in – we're only in year three in one league, year two in the other two leagues. So it hasn't even been that long. And in each of the leagues, there's already been a guy named George Zimmerman from Florida in East Coast. <laughs> That is funny though. Nah, somebody, that's really somebody's fucking that. With that is funny because I yeah. really fuck with the way that bothers me. That shit ain't no like, fucking auto shit. That somebody programmed that. Like that shit bothers me. Yo. Like if George Zimmerman played football, he'd definitely be. I'm trying to. He'd definitely be like off and uh, tackle. He's off and I, would, I would say that undersized, strong safety who's everywhere on the field except <laughs> where he doesn't need to be. Yes. Uh, yes. Like he's like he's a he's a. A scrappy slot receiver. Yeah, he's really not Edelman. fast, but he's quick. Yes. So oh, yeah, that kind of fuck with me. So I brought that up. Yo, so that all right, let's get into these news articles. So we're not here all night. Uh, so we're gonna talk about a little real news for about ten minutes or so, a little less. We don't usually talk about it a lot, but we got midterms coming up next next week. Uh, I think everybody on the show is a big proponent of voting. Yes. Um, we just had the mega bomber last week and uh i think people one of these things is that people don't want to talk about anything until something like this happens and then they go oh you know maybe the stuff that trump is saying is a little crazy and i'm like well if you could have listened to you know black and brown people for like the last two years (laughs) we told you this shit was going to happen and it happened so um not to prompt anybody, but uh, anybody got any thoughts or anything about uh, the bombing that happened last week? Um, the non-bomb. Hold on. Well, the, the non-bombing. The non-bombing. Thankfully. Okay. It would have been yeah. the biggest assassination in our history, honestly, if it happened. If any, if any of them blew up, political like yeah, yeah. Yes. The, um, it's it's just really unfortunate, and and you can tell that when people in power speak to hate that you definitely can ignite hate within the country. Like, and you have to use your platform and your power wisely because what, what the president says people do listen to. Um, and it's just really unfortunate that, um, that this is where we are in in our society. And yeah, it makes you look at people different. Yeah. I, um, you know, I live in Austin, Texas and more specifically Pflugerville, Texas. So, you know, we had the Austin bombings. Um, the guy's house, when they found him, was like literally four blocks from where I live. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And what's crazy was the places that they were, um, 
that he was targeting, at least at first, was the 12th Street District. And uh, to give you just a little bit of history on that, um, I was actually down there during South by Southwest. They were screening um, a series that I was in. And 12th Street District is basically like this combination of blocks and houses in a couple of neighborhoods where back when I was in college, uh, University of Texas back in, you know, early 2000s. Um, I used to hook them horns. Yes, sir. I used to go get my haircut on 12th Street and you could literally get a haircut and buy crack on the same block. Right. Oh, OK. You can't. And this is me glorifying crack, of course. What I'm saying is where you used to be able to buy crack, there's a subway and a yoga studio and uh, you can get some yogurt over there now. Like okay. the, the city. In there. From, yeah, okay. exactly. The city went from like, you know, a 13, 14 percent black population to like a three or four um, gentrification. So 12th Street District was basically protected by local government as places that couldn't be bought places that people couldn't move into. And so when somebody goes out of their way to try to bomb this specific area, you know what that is. Yep. You know what I mean? Like it, it's trying to get rid of this culture. So this mega bomber thing happens and I'm just like, you know, it's a flashback. Like it's it's about getting rid of these people with voices. You know, it's about, like think, think about what we're doing right now. When we're done doing this, if you guys are anything like me because I'm neurotic, damn near to the minute that I put up a show, I know what I want those numbers to look like yep. an hour from then, 12 hours from then, and a day from then. Like, I know what I want to see, and sometimes they look like that. So if us doing this thing has fans, like you said, Trump being the president, you can imagine the type of influence he has. Mm-hmm. So to somebody who's you know a weak-minded individual, an easily influenced individual, if I hear the president go out and say, yo, it was really dope how you body slammed that reporter, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to try to one up the man who body signed the reporter because yep. I want those props from the president. So it's dangerous rhetoric, man. Um, and like, we really do have to take responsibility for our words, but we have somebody in charge who doesn't do that. And so it leads to things like this where I have to worry about the lives of the people I count on to have my problems voiced and heard and taken care of it's it's ugly business right now man i'm, I'm glad they got that man out the paint as early as they did because it could have been a lot worse been a whole lot worse uh, for those of you who don't know uh new listeners uh mike is actually from pittsburgh and his sister currently goes to college at duquesne in pittsburgh uh, so we had the shooting at the tree of life synagogue in pittsburgh um and mike uh I know you wanted to talk about that, so go ahead. I was there, actually. When it, I mean, I was in the city when that happened. I had a date that night. That's why I went back. Uh, my sister goes to school like 10 minutes, well, maybe 15 minutes from that synagogue. And I didn't even know what was going on, I remember, because she texted me. She was like, hey, can you pick me up? And I was like, yeah, why? She was like, apparently there's a mass shooting going on down the street. I was very – I was kind of shocked. I mean – you know, I feel like I can name 10 mass shootings that happened over the course of my life so far. There's probably been more. And, like, you just hear about it and you get to the point where it's like, <clears throat> all right, another one. Like, mm-hmm. well, glad I wasn't there, you know. But then never, for me at least, has one hit this close to home, you know. So it's like I see what happens after the fact, you know, aside from all the mass news stories that you get, which die down after a few days. You see... <clears throat> a city attempting to recover or whatever. And 
all the people, you know, I mean, I've seen people on my, I guess one of the, uh, the victims was a, uh, a dentist who several of my Facebook friends apparently went to still like currently, you know, and they're like talking about it. And, you know, I remember seeing, uh, one of them was a, this was, I did not believe this. I mean, I believed it, but I was, I, I, this was terrible. I felt like one of the shooting victims was a 97 year old woman who survived the Holocaust. Yeah. Wow. Only, you know, yeah. to be taken out, like, in her, when she's supposed to be, when she's earned her... The same years, shit, gotcha. You know, yeah. it's like, the same, you know, you made it, you're, you're, you've earned, you've got a family probably at this point, you know, you've, you're living out your golden years, you've earned this, you're just trying to, you know, do what you want to do before you don't get to do anything anymore, and then, you know, you're just peacefully praying or doing your thing in the synagogue, and you come in and you die, like... You know, two of them were brothers. One of them, one of the brothers made it out, but then went back in to get his brother. Apparently, they were inseparable. Oh, then, yeah. I didn't know that's how, damn, wow. That's what I read. I mean, there's a video I saw from the several of the Pittsburgh papers that were putting out tributes and stuff. One of them was a married couple. You know, it was just like, you couldn't get, I mean, it's like all these mass shootings, right? These, these people are so mad that they're taking things into their own hands. It's like, you're going, these are the most innocent like far from whatever it is you're angry about that you could possibly be. I mean, except it's exactly what they're angry about in a lot of these cases. It's similar to Dylan Roof. And here's the thing about this one. I don't, oftentimes I get, I see these and I'm so numb to them because they happen so often and it's sad, but it's true. But for once the media, at least as far as I've seen so far, usually after these, you get the story of, well, he just liked to play video games, and he was a quiet kid who stuck to himself, and we couldn't figure this out. And you get, like, pieces on, like, the history of the shooter. And I'm like, why are you telling me all this good shit about this person who just murdered a ton of people? I haven't seen that about this one. And I don't know if it's because it's a Jewish thing or what, but if this is how they're going to start covering it going forward, then I... I think that's a good thing that the news media can handle. And all this shit is tied back to voting. So we don't talk politics that much on this. Everybody knows who follows me on Twitter. I'm really, you know, I talk about it all the time. But on the show, we don't talk about it that much. But next week is midterms. Like, if you care about decency, if you care about the lives of marginalized people, like, go vote. Like, go vote for people who aren't about that. They might not be the best people in the world. They might not meet your purity test, but they're better than the other dude. And we got to get away from the other dude. Yeah. When I was over the weekend, when that happened, I had this guy from work uh, who I've started to talk about a little frequently text me. He's like, you in Pittsburgh? And I was like, yes. He's like, everything all right? And he was like, I was like, yeah, I'm good. And he was like, all right, go vote. The next like 10 messages. (laughs) I got like, you know, he was like, you good? All right, you good? All right, good. And then I got like a long rant about how me and my people my age need to go. And I was like, you don't need to worry for me, man. He's like, we got it. We got you don't it. need we, to be convincing it. me. <laughs> and he was like, no, I know, but you got to get your friends to go vote. This is ridiculous. And he's like, but I'm glad you're right, though. And I was like, yeah, yeah, thanks. No, thanks. Cam, Cam, you guys have a chance to to do something big there in Texas, man. Yeah. Bano is going to be a star. Beto gets it. He is going to be a star because it's a genuine the genuineness this comes off of him. And so when we talk, um, and we actually we talked about this on my show a little bit, but I like 
a person's politics are important. I'm not going to pretend like they aren't. Uh, your, your politics are very important. The things that you stand for, the uh, the people you support, uh, where you want to put community funding, um, where you think government funding should go, those are all very, very valuable. And I wouldn't want to take anything away from that. Let's talk about Ted Cruz for a second. Ted Cruz is one of the people I have the least amount of respect for. Amen. Uh, and and really, it, it's it's really simple. Um, well, one, he looks like Flabber from Big Bad Beetleborg. <laughs> yes, you know, that's, that's a problem <laughs> for me. Um, because yeah, Flabber was he was on my television too much. Just let him fight. But no, um, in all seriousness, Ted Cruz let a man call yep. his wife ugly mm-hmm. and. <laughs> let him say his daddy, uh, you know, killed a sitting president, and he never checked that man for that, oh. and shakes that man's hand and bows his head to him. Mm-hmm. And to me, aside from anything else you represent, I think you have to represent your family, um, and I think you have to represent yourself in front of people a certain way. And you know, man, woman, animal, mineral, vegetable, whatever, if I don't feel like you stand on the things that you claim to love, then I can't rock with you. Right. You know, so so I know where my vote's going. I know where my people's votes are going. And I mean, it's going to be mean because if Ted Cruz loses, I'm on Ted Cruz's ass every morning on Twitter. Did anyone see what he did on Halloween? No. What'd he do? <laughs> He posts. He posts. He tweeted, "Happy Halloween" with an image of one of the Zodiac killers, like things. Yeah. Uh, just yeah. every morning, I'm gonna say good morning to everyone except Ted Cruz because he's pussy. Every morning. Yeah, fuck. Um, because <laughs> you've established you, when you establish yourself as pussy, you're pussy till you're not, and and he's pussy. So yeah, I just don't even. I got nothing good to say about the man. I'm glad the person running against him is somebody who's. A stand-up person who seems to be about morals, who's made mistakes but owns those mistakes. Yeah, that, and that's very important to me. Um, you know, in in Texas, um, you know, drunk driving is. I could tell you guys some stories about people and situations and things. Um, it's just kind of different down here. Yeah. And so for somebody to own up to, to doing something wrong and wanting to move past that is important, and not passing the buck, not saying it's not their fault because. We got right now, you know, we have offices full of people who don't take blame for things they've actually done, who want to change the conversation. So, so yeah, I mean, I think we do have the opportunity to contribute to, you know, a new star in politics. But more importantly, I think we can, you know, as as Democrats, as Republicans, as whoever, we can stand up and say, look, the person who supports us has to be somebody who is going to challenge the status quo. Somebody who is going to fight, not somebody who's going to lay down. And once you let somebody talk about your wife and your daddy, you've established you to me down. who you are. Lay yeah. down and say that. let that man come to your state and talk to your people in your face. Like... Yes. Nah, man. And then try to clean it up like he's nice and never apologize. That man has never apologized to that man. Uh, the last sad story that we're going to talk about, uh, this one's just, like, we're all wrestling fans on here. Well, Mike's not, but we're all wrestling fans on here. We all oh, I've heard of this. WWE. 
they're, tomorrow they're going to Saudi Arabia for a show called Crown Jewel, and they booked this. They they signed this contract with Saudi Arabia for people are estimating upwards of a billion dollars over the course of ten years to do shows there uh, for the Prince of Saudi Arabia, who's a, who who's apparently a big old school wrestling fan. Um, and it was bad enough that you know you can't take the women there, and the Saudi Arabia was a suppressive government in the past, and they were using them as a propaganda machine to try to pretend like they were being different, but nothing was happening, so they thought they could get away with it. And then the Saudi prince essentially orders a hit on the journalist for the Washington Post, and that happens a few weeks ago, and WWE show is tomorrow, and people want them to not go to the show, so what they do is they pretend like the show's not in Saudi Arabia, and they just call it Crown Jewel, so people would think they're not gonna remember. And then yesterday, on top of it all, they decide that this will be the time to bring Hulk Hogan back. Um, no! Yes. Hulk Hogan is going to yeah. be the host of the show tomorrow. So, you got to be kidding me. No. This is, this is what they do. So the man who has the, um, what's the, what's the show you got? Fuck Hulk, Fuck Terry. Is it fuck Terry? I do have, no, nice try Terry. Nice try Terry um, shirt. You can find that on T Public right now. Search Seahawk. Yeah, nice try Terry. <laughs> nice try Terry shirt. Um, I'll let you start this. What do you think? Um, what do you think about them doing this Crown Jewel thing as a general and then the, the new news of Hogan coming back? So, I, I mean, I, I think I kind of want to tell the story backwards. Um, I'm, I'm on Twitter right now making fun of a guy because in. Uh, in this Facebook wrestling group I'm in, he's like a, a really big Hulk Hogan fan. And he's wearing his Hulkamania Comes Home t-shirt with the matching hat right now <laughs> with a big grin on his face. And my thing has always been this. Like, uh, when we talk about wrestling, and, and I'm forever grateful to Travis for this, um, but when we talk about wrestling, we're typically talking about a fan space, just like with comics, dominated by white men. Right. Typically, they're a little bit older. And if you're a little bit older, sometimes you ascribe to the idea of, you know, I like things how they used to be, which is you saying things without actually saying it. So we start talking about Hulk Hogan. I tell people straight. I'm like, look, I'm not telling you how to feel about Hulk Hogan. I got that's not for me to do. What I'm telling you is like flat out somebody who can say that I'm a nigger to them and that I'm less than human to them, that I don't deserve the same respect as somebody else, I need you to respect the fact that that's not something I can forgive. And there's really no way to convince me that you all of a sudden feel different when the only thing that changed is public perception of you. Mm -hmm. You didn't actually lose anything from this. So however you feel about Hulk Hogan is fine. Understand why I feel the way that I do. Right. And a few months ago, so, you put the whole quote on Twitter. I didn't mean yeah. to cut you off, but the, the the one thing that goes that people seem to forget about that, it's not that he just said nigger or nigger. Mm -hmm. like, it's not like he he said the word in a rap lyric or right. Not mm -hmm. it's not even that he just called a person that right. He basically said that he does not want his daughter dating black people unless the black person is an eight foot tall black person that okay, has a millions of dollars right. because yeah. any other black person is beneath the dignity of even talking 
to his blonde-haired, blue-eyed, white daughter. Unless he's he literally, rich yeah, he checked off all the boxes mm-hmm. like of a racist. You dropped yeah. the N word. You dropped that I'm nice. I'm cordial to black people, but that's about it. You dropped that you wouldn't want your offspring to be with one. You dropped that the ones that you value are the ones with money and clout and that have a space in the public eye. Like you, you said it all right there, right? So. A big reason why I put the whole quote is because people thought that he just said a word. Right. That's what they thought. And so when you show them like the details of what he said, people just have less to say. It changes the conversation. And then let's not forget that happened. But before that, when he was calling his son Nick while he was in jail, he made it a point with with nobody pressing him with no alcohol in the system. He's not fresh out his best friend's pussy. Like you know, this is. The whole COVID chilling. This is him saying, like, if I were to be reincarnated, I just hope it's not as a black guy. Like, nobody. Nobody like, has for that. Nobody. Racist. It's, it's like, y'all exist on Twitter. You give somebody long enough on Twitter, they're going to tell them themselves. They're going to expose who they are. You're going to get to the bottom of it. So that's who he is. So the thing about it is, like, WWE is not stupid, even if they're tone deaf. They're not stupid. So... If your goal is to bring Hulk Hogan back into the mix, you bring him back into the mix in front of an audience that is 100% non-American, an audience that didn't go through civil rights, an audience whose grandparents, you know, didn't have communities burned down because of the color of their skin, an audience that didn't go through an Obama presidency that flipped to a Trump presidency because the the a certain part of the populace wanted something so different because they were disgusted on what they saw. Like you put him in front of an audience that only deals with their issues and know that Hulk Hogan is this, you know, great American hero that is somehow the same complexion as they are. Mm-hmm. And you put him out there and they're going to cheer. Like it just, it's a genius business move for business over there. It's mm-hmm. definitely a slap in the face to fans here who aren't stupid. And it's, and it's compounded with the whole Saudi Arabia. Also, don't chop up journalists. Like, yeah, let me really quick because I don't I don't want to lose that point. Um, also, like, we we exist in this space where it's become okay to not only call journalists liars outright, but to get physical with them. When I believe in my heart that the majority of actual journalists, not Fox News, but actual journalists people who put their boots to the ground out there with their pen and paper and talk to people and bring us our news. I believe that those people should be immune. They're a third party. They're Switzerland. They're neutral. They should be allowed to tell us what's going on. They shouldn't have to worry about their safety. Um, And so I personally, like as, as somebody who like we, us on the phone, whether it's, in a conventional way, but we are journalists. We're people who report the news to an audience, who try to deal in facts and just want to get the information out and want to foster conversation. That's what we do. If somebody runs up on me and tries to body slam them, I know what I'm going to do to them, but I'm also an American who doesn't have to worry about being hemmed up in a consulate and chopped into pieces. Like we, we really should not 
let people like that die in vain. We I have, feel like we really have to honor that. And that's just, you know, that's like the eighth reason why I'm not going to watch this show. Yep. But yeah. Yep. Rich was on last week and he said, I work for the torch. So I will look at a highlight on other means or look at results, but I'm not watching the show. I'm not giving them the, the views on WWE network. I'm just not going to do it. And I'm yeah. with them. Like, no, fuck, fuck you. So, all right, so we got past all the sad shit. So uh, <laughs> that shit took way more than ten minutes too. All right, <laughs> that's not usually our show, but I just felt like it's something that we need to talk about. Sorry, Cam, you had to come on this week. Uh, that was perfect, but yeah, something I just no, felt you, like something we need Cam, to talk about. thank you, because like yeah, that that Texas stuff is real, and this the the story you told, and you painted a, a, a very clear picture of why it's important to vote and. Um, this the bomber and and everything, man. But I I truly do appreciate you for being open like that. Oh, I appreciate the time, man. Thank you so much. All right, so let's get into this stuff. Uh, all right, TV news. <laughs> what, I don't know how to segue, but this 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 marathon of a show we got. Yeah, we probably only go about like ten fifteen more minutes. Late. Uh, Power through the stories. George R R Martin confirms the name of the Game of Thrones prequel. So, all right, are all of you guys in? For a Game of Thrones prequel, got to be. Man, I just I gotta finish Game of Thrones for Heather. No, I know, you I know. Eat. Heather Antos, you're in love with her. We know. She could be listening. Nah, she's not listening. So I remember <laughs> on Game of Thrones season one where they chopped off my man Sean Bean's head, and I did not think they were gonna chop off his head. I was like, oh, he's gonna get up out of there. That? And that's why yeah. I was in. If you his, kill, his if you kill the dude <laughs> that's on all these posters on the second episode. I, I, you got it. I, I'm in. I'm in. They had me. They cut his head off. Yeah. So, um, I, so when I um get to the episode after that, when I'll let you guys know. But uh, <laughs> that, that, was, that, was, shit. <laughs> that was awesome. That's, that's the last full Game of Thrones I saw. Uh, but oh yeah, man, um, I didn't know. I mean, y'all, y'all are with it. So, uh, yeah, prequel. Let's go. Let's do it. It's called I feel the like Long Night. Gonna, so prequel's gonna come out in 2025. So I feel like I got time. I catch up. <laughs> It's called The Long Night, so I'm assuming it's going to be about how they built the wall the first time the White Walkers. What happens to the Walkers? Uh, Legend of Zelda TV show is in development. I want to see it. I'm not sure how you do a Legend of Zelda TV show. I don't want to see it. You don't want to see it? No, I don't. Not at all. I'm not here for it. So it's going to be live action? Like it's not going to be seen? Live action. Oh, no, hold up. In fact, it was on the year. Let me see. It's reportedly in development with ID Shaniker and talks to produce. While Hollywood has long tried to adapt to pop video games to big screen for average non gamer audiences to experience, experience never really planned out. Uh, Legend of Zelda is moving forward with Shaniker and talks to oversee the show. Uh, no other information is available. Uh, it doesn't say if it's going to be live action or animated. I know they just did Castlevania on Netflix. And that's that's season two. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Season and two is everything. The the, the the actual nerdy thing I did um, without plugging all my other endeavors. That's the thing. I sat there Friday at work and watched that whole season two of Castlevania. How and it's it? just, it's genius. It, it is. And they just, I, I don't understand how it's so good. Because, I mean, the games are good, but the games are good. Like, yeah. the lore is almost irrelevant with the Castlevania games. You know, like, it's, it's, it's that... Uh, 
Metroidvania style of traveling and going back and forth. And but that show is just you feel for Dracula, you feel for Alucard, you Mm -hmm. feel for the Belmont kid, and you feel for like in season two, they introduce the humans and you understand why the humans that work for Dracula are so broken and oh it's just so good. But but I say all that to say it would not be good as a live action show. You can't right. do those things with live action. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I, they just find a way to capture this emotion. So like with Zelda, I'm like Zelda's so fantasy and whimsical and colorful. Like, do I want to see that as a live action show? No, no not one But yeah, if Netflix gets it and uh, does it what they did with Castlevania, I'm I'm here for it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mike, uh, I've played a few, like. A few of the games. It wasn't my favorite thing, but I don't know if I would watch it. I mean, if it lo- if it's good and people love it, and it's like this the big thing, maybe I'll check it out. But but I, Mike, you gotta think about it. It's a lot of history behind Zelda. Like the, that's, the yeah, that's see, that's the other thing. I've really only played like half of a few of the games. I never but you don't have to this way. You can just watch the show. That's true. But like a lot of the times, though, sometimes you need to. It's like the reason the well, well just go ahead and plug your plug your favorite game right now. Go ahead and plug it. You know what I'm gonna say? Yeah, go ahead and do it. Assassin's Creed, go ahead. The reason the I feel like the reason the Assassin's Creed movie did so bad was because if you don't play those games as thoroughly as people like me did, you're not gonna have any clue what's going on in that movie. The movie Mm -hmm. also wasn't good. It was not. Ironically, I found it funny that the the movie had the same complaints as the games did. There was too much modern day and not enough like historical stuff. That's beside the point. I don't know. I feel like that was one of the other big reasons that it didn't do very well is because if you, it'd be very confusing if you're not, like, you know. Mike, you still really I appreciate your loyalty to all things. Your loyalty to He's Batman. So loyal. I he know. is so loyal, man. Surprised you're not still watching. I'm Gotham. saying, no, I hate Gotham. I'm the movie was objectively bad, but I think like I understood it better than a lot of other people did because you know. Still ride for that movie. You can just you can you can jump off anytime. Come on, Mike. You don't have to ride it out. It was terrible, and we all know it. Um, it was terrible. Disney Play Scarlet Witch TV show will star uh, Paul Bettany's Vision. So they're going with the real actors on this show. So Disney's putting a lot of money in the streaming service. <laughs> I, I mean, when you have an unlimited money, Brandon, <laughs> they print their own. Like, when are they not building? They make almost a billion dollars in, in, in two weeks, yo. Get out of here. They, so, Ridiculous yeah. how much money uh, I will probably be signing up for that day one. If I hey, listen, if DC got me to sign up for DC Universe, there's no possible way I'm not signing up for Disney Play. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be too much like on there. Like when they say they canceled, you know, Iron Fist and canceled Luke Cage. I feel like Disney walked in there and was like, okay, we <laughs> want a hundred million dollars to to make another Luke Cage season. And Netflix looked at them and laughed them out the building and said, yo, good luck with your network. Um, <laughs> I, we're, we're just both going to get money, I guess. Because, yeah, like, like you said, you have unlimited resources. I don't know if there's a number they could have agreed on. And and Netflix is probably like, look, when, when the next deal comes around, they're going to ask us for all kinds of crazy money. If we cut bait now while these shows are a bit cooler like not cold, but while these shows are cooler, mm-hmm. it'll probably be best for us in the long run. Um, even though they need to keep Daredevil, because damn it, that's such a good show. I don't think that's <laughs> going anywhere. I yeah, I, I think they're all gonna get canceled and moved. 
I don't think Daredevil's going. Not anywhere. Daredevil. Netflix isn't going to let that go. It's that good. Like I, I really could see like. They might not have a choice. Way up. True, because I think they might go in there and say, okay, we need a smooth billion for <laughs> to keep Daredevil here. And they're like, nah, I don't know, but that is odd. Oh, Apparently, I just saw an article before we recorded this that said the viewing was not as high as they thought it was going to be. Which really? Is, yeah, which is making me nervous. No, but you got to realize there's a lot of shit going on in the world right now. So, like, this, the numbers will get there, but, like, people's lives are in, in jeopardy right now, you know, and then this voting thing in the media and like you just getting so many messages. They also, so well, they also didn't get promoted as much as before to me. True. Like, you don't see Very, it. Didn't at all. You don't yeah, see the promotion for this one. So that's probably part of it. Um, so the guy who played Crossbones um, okay. in um, Civil War, he was on Larry King now and he says uh, he thinks he says there's been rumors going around in the Marvel Studios that they are looking for the next Captain America to replace Chris Evans to be either black or a woman. I'm here for it. So uh, yes, please. How about both? Yeah. Um, I, oh, I'm, I, you Captain know what? America I from um, Spider Gwen's universe is a black woman. Okay. And she's awesome. So, okay. Uh, I know Thanks. people will be mad, but I'm here for it. And listen, here's the thing. Sam Wilson in the comic books is great. The guy Captain America Sam Wilson book was we, amazing. Yeah, you don't what? want you don't want your man taking no parts no. of that man. Yes, but I don't no. want no. Anthony Mackie. No. Mackie. Listen, we oh, Cam, we saw Anthony Mackie at WrestleMania. And he's such ass. He's dick in real oh. too. It's funny because guess what? I saw Anthony and Maggie at WrestleMania as well. Oh, um, not and not in New Orleans, in Miami. Oh, um, and my girl, like I'm, I'm one of those people who like hates gifts. Like I'd rather just like I just want to kick it. I don't want a gift from anybody. But mm-hmm. she buys us eighth row tickets to WrestleMania, right? And like Anthony, this is before. What? what this is before. Definitely before Cap Two. Yes, yeah, so there's no. You know, this is like Papa Doc. I'm like Anthony Mackie. You know. He, Chuck me to deuce. It was cool. <laughs> I see him in Bow Wow. I'll say what's up to Bow Wow because that was a thing at the time. But no, he's um Anthony Mackie has shown time and time again like he's not Mm-mm. Captain America. He might be like Captain uh, Twitter nigga America, yes. but not. Yeah, no, 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 no. We don't want him taking any parts of that. Mm-hmm. Sam Wilson is definitely a stand up tough dude in the, in the comics. Yeah, no, nah, we keep Anthony Mackie and his hairline away from Captain Look, America. Chris Evans been doing too much work out here in these streets for him to become Sully that good name. On the yeah. screen and off the screen. And yeah. when I saw Chris Evans in that video getting that black woman's number, I said, Look at this dude. Oh yeah. Okay. He's about that life. He is definitely about that life. So he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have let Nia Jax off the plane like somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Yes. Yeah, so I. So Sebastian Stan wants to be Cap, which that might be the safe pick. They might go with that. Um. But I. Um. I hope they. I hope they do the thing. I mean, Doctor Who went woman. They made her a woman. They're pushing Captain Marvel big. I. I see this movie making all the money in the world. So. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um. Apparently, LeBron James is in talks to produce a Friday the Thirteenth reboot. So, oh, so that's why the nigga wore the, con- uh, the costume yesterday. So can somebody explain to me when LeBron James became this big-ass movie producer? Like, how yeah. did this happen? He signed that contract. I didn't know this was a thing. Yeah. 
Why? We knew L.A. wasn't about basketball. Like, all due respect to LeBron. Like, at, at 33 years old, there's no... You know, 33 years old, multiple MVPs, three championships. Only thing he's really chasing now is the all-time scoring title. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it was a great move financially because now you have this base of operations. You can take these meetings... Whether the Lakers do well, the Lakers do bad, it's never going to be his fault because his resume speaks for itself. Right. Every team that he's been on has been successful. Every team that he's left has fell off. And yep. so he's not the problem at any point. Um, but yeah, Le- LeBron James being in talks, it's great. Um, I just think that his brand is so strong at this point and his money's so long and so many people want to work with him that, yeah, Le- LeBron James being this big movie producer, I see it now. Friday the 13th. Um, so you guys, everybody saw like the 09 or whatever reboot, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. I went with um, a girl I was dating at the time and I double dated with a buddy of mine who was um, who was playing ball at UT. And he's in the theater. Um, him and the girl he was with end up sit, sitting a few rows back because he wanted to be cool or whatever. I just distinctly remember him yelling at the screen when Jason pulls the bow and arrow out and the black guy's running from it. No, don't kill the black guys. No. So yeah, like I say that to say, I hate that like there's already a reboot. Not that that was like the best movie ever, but it's like, yo, that was like last, like in the last 10 years, like slow down. But hey, if LeBron's doing it, more power to him. I'll probably everything throw some money at it. Turns and, uh, it probably won't be a black guy die. Well, yay! He'd be like, "Yeah, the, the first rule of this is, <laughs> if any black people are in this movie, they're surviving. They'll just leave town." Listen, uh, he's got a show on HBO. Show he's got an HBO show, and he's got a Cinemax show and a Showtime show coming. Who, who else does and, that? And the he, he's still the wall. Whenever the wall comes back, it's going to come back in January. This dude, man, yeah. LeBron James is great. Love him. What is thing, man? Yeah, he's uh, to go. Let's see here what we got. Uh, oh, oh, here we go. Something to laugh at. Uh, Birds of Prey director confirms that the DC film will be rated R. Ooh. I. Michael, you want you want to chime in, Michael? Do I? I mean, do I? <laughs> do I you really? Is it necessary? So uh, they keep talking about these films. I actually think this one will happen because. Um, Oh, Mar- and Margot Robbie's it, involved, and they love her. It's they just good. cast Ewan McGregor as Black Mask. Did you hear? For what? I did see that. For Birds yeah. of Prey, Black Mask. Oh, they did? Is Ewan McGregor. Obi-Wan Kenobi. So they got a real black canary, like a black woman black canary. Yes. So they they got some points for me there. Oh, uh, okay. So <laughs> I think this movie will happen. I don't understand why this movie needs to be rated R. I, I don't. I mean, Birds of Prey is definitely about fighting, of course, but it's also like street level detective work. Mm-hmm. Um, tell that story. Like, there's no reason for this to be like the grit. You're not good at gritty. I don't know why they don't understand that. Like, you won't tell. I, I don't want to talk about Justice League. Like, I don't want to <laughs> talk about. I don't want to talk about BBS because, like, I just. 
And, and again, the worst part about it is you can't get Travis to sit down and watch these things. So when you talk about how mad you are, I think you're like, I'm sure it's fine. No, it's not fine. <laughs> it's terrible. And then like in, in a Zack Snyder universe, an action movie centered around women being rated R, I immediately think of Sucker Punch. And oh, the most yeah. important oh, wow. thing I've ever written was about how Sucker Punch was, I forget what I called it exactly. It was like um, something with maybe rape because there was a lot of maybe rape going on in that movie. But it was like, yeah, it was absolutely terrible. Um, it was gaudy. It was unnecessary. It was demeaning. And yes. I, I just don't like as soon as you say rated R, I, I, I know how this particular director producer approaches things like that. Because I've seen him do it, so I'm just like. So, they, they gotta, so Zach's not involved. They got a woman who's doing the movie. Who's okay, the movie. that's a good thing. Okay. Um, her name is Kathy, uh, Kathy Yan. So she's a woman of color, directing the film, which is a good sign. They hired, they cast Rosie Perez as Renee Montoya. Most of you may know her from White Man Can't Jump. as Gloria. 25 years ago yeah. and uh, shout out to Rosie Perez she's still uh, absolutely she's still beautiful getting his money. Oh, yeah. but Renee Montoya is definitely late 20s early 30s yeah yeah I mean so yeah. Sophia Vergara could have did that you know I'd have been straight I mean her acting chops aren't, aren't that good but I've been happy to see her definitely <laughs> I think most people are happy to see her um <laughs> So yeah, so there's another DC movie. We usually don't talk. I mean, we t- we usually just laugh at the DC news, but I actually think this movie might actually happen. So that's that's a step in the right direction, I guess. But I don't know why it needs to be radar. Like that's stupid. Uh, Mike probably doesn't know too much about this one, but um, Tyler Perry is retiring the Medea character in what? 2018. I'm jealous, Mike. What? <laughs> 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 Mike, your white privilege is paying off. My goodness. Um, but he's no, yeah. Lebanese. We call, oh, Mike Apollo, is Lebanese. Apollo. Okay. Yeah. No, he's, he's even, even well, you know. He's passing for white, but I mean, he's Lebanese. Yeah, I'm half Italian, half Lebanese. My dad okay. was So you're Puerto Rican, is what you're saying. But look, <laughs> you, I joke. You successfully avoided Tyler Perry's Medea character, I'm assuming, and more power to you. Whatever contributed to you getting that far, it's a good thing. Um, no, I, I used to really determine whether or not I would be able to date a girl by how many Tyler Perry DVDs she had. <laughs> Just, hey, like, that, is a, that used to be a real thing, though. Yeah, it was like, well, what that are we doing? Why are we watching thing. this? But you, but you know, um, like at 32, I've really come around on Tyler Perry, where I was the one who hated how much my parents loved him. I hated how church culture adopted him i hated that i felt like he got to make subpar art um but slap jesus on it and everybody's a part of it i wasn't a fan of that but then like uh you know he's this super philanthropist they film black panther on his set Mm -hmm. um he got jeffrey owens a role like i'm i'm i've pulled the 180 on tyler perry Here's talented the, or not talented, he takes care of people. Here's the thing right. that I say about Tyler Perry. I like that he is trying to bring people, his people up with him. Mm-hmm. His movies are terrible. His movies are terrible. They're stereotypical. And they're not really flattering for black women. At least the ones that I, when I yeah, actually well, had to watch them with girlfriends in the past. Yeah. I, however, I say, okay. however, uh, 
True equality is not if the exceptional can make stuff. It's if when the mediocre can make stuff. <laughs> so yeah. if Adam Sandler can keep making horrible movies, uh, Tyler Perry, please continue to make your movies. Yo, that to, tells to me the, that Hollywood's getting better. To defend both of those guys, Adam Sandler, <laughs> like Blended is a really good movie. Uh, I enjoyed that. Him and Drew Barrymore, really good. Um, Tyler Perry. I have a theory about Adam Sandler. Has made uh, those those Medea Halloween movies. I will say that I enjoy them. Not the other ones, not so much, but that those Halloween ones. I'm okay with them. They're they're pretty funny. So um, I don't rock with all that stuff, but I do rock with those two movies. So you don't like Medea goes to jail. Uh, yeah. Was Kiki Palmer in that joint? So Mike, do you even have any idea who Medea is? Yeah, I've seen the promos. <laughs> Medea is played by a man, right? Yes, yes. yes. that is a big black man, Tyler Perry. Yeah. So, Mike, before I, I don't want to lose it. What is your Adam Sandler theory? Because I have a my, question. Oh, my theory, uh, my theory about Adam Sandler is after he made his like you know the movies that everybody you know how like his recent stuff is just kind of it, it comes out. It just comes out. There yeah, it just it. comes out. My theory about Adam Sandler after watching a few of his newer things is uh, that he like is approached by or he approaches his writer. Or his, you know, his team. And he's like, all right, guys, here's what we're doing. I want to make out with Salma Hayek and Jennifer Aniston. Uh, <laughs> I want to go to Hawaii, and uh, you guys just make that happen. All right, write something up like that, and then they just do it for him, because like, you know, well, grown ups makes out with Salma Hayek. Where does he go? He goes to a bunch of different fancy places. Just go with it. Makes out with Jennifer Aniston and Brooklyn Decker. Goes to Hawaii. I mean, seriously, this dude. I, that's my theory. He just. He just is like, all right, I want to make out with these actresses, and I want to go to these fancy places, and uh, you guys bring all my friends on. We'll have a great time, and you just write something up that fits that narrative, and we're good. That is yeah. Adam Sandler right, right there. Yeah. Yeah. Let, me, let me ask you guys really quick. Yeah. What's what's the movie um, where you think he lost it? And I understand you like Blended, like, but but I've never seen Blended. What's what? the um, what's the movie? No, no, not you. Um, uh, Other so, said like he like blended, but what's what's the movie that you think? Oh, that's when it that's when the juice was gone. I do have an answer though, even though this wasn't directed to me. No, it's uh, for everybody. No, it's for everybody. Yeah. Mine is when he did that one where he pretended that he played his own twin sister. Mm. Oh, I don't remember what it was called. Movie. Okay, no. So Jack and Jill. I think Jack and Jill. Well, I saw it with my grandma. <laughs> that was I, one I of those movies you could take pick. your grandma to. Yeah, it's you know? a safe pick. I, dig it. I, I dig think it. I liked the. Uh, okay, so I think I liked the Longest Yard a little bit, low key, because Goldberg <laughs> was in it. Um, Nelly, Nelly pissed me off, so I can't. I can't say I like that movie. Mister Deeds, I remember that little. Nicky. I like that movie. Um, but see, it's funny. You know, he's got to deal with Netflix now, and he's just like yeah, he's just turning them out. Yeah, They're just, just pumping out. Pumping oh, stuff out. Mister Deeds was the one for me. Where I was like, oh, okay, I see what this is. And I also like Mr. Deeds, but Mr. Deeds was him playing straight man, everybody else being funny. And that's when I was like, you know what? He's coasting through this and letting everybody else do the work. And just from there, it was just like, okay, this is all downhill, like going forward. I, I still probably have click paused on DVD somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I got through the first click. I, you know what? Christopher Walken's in that movie, so I watched it and I enjoyed it because I do love Christopher Walken. He's fantastic. I love him. Yeah. Also, by the way, Brooklyn Decker is the new Brooke Shields. She's got to be the whitest woman in America. Oh, man. <laughs> like, she's got to be. 
Hey, I, be- um, I believe Jennifer Aniston was way better looking than her in that movie. I'm just saying. But what? hey, he still got to he still got to make out with both of them. I found a way. I'm it's telling you, he's got the greatest job in the world because he could just do that. Uh, somehow Venom made over five hundred million dollars. So, Mike actually liked that movie, so he almost got kicked off the podcast for that. Wow! Oh, I never you you missed you you messed with my it words. Enjoy, right? He said he enjoyed, it was entertaining. I said it's like the Transformer movies. If you know what you're getting into, you know. It's not. Mm. <laughs> I didn't say it was a good movie. I just said I liked watching it. It's okay. very different. Cam, are you ready for Bumblebee? Are you ready for Bumblebee? Listen, I I. I, <laughs> I, I the last full, I did see the Leonard Nimoy Transformers, but that was the third one, right? Yes. Okay. So in the second one, when Megatron and Starscream just kind of left, I was like, okay, that this is, <laughs> this is terrible. Like, think about it. They were just hanging out next to that pyramid. They was like, well, shit not going our way. I guess we're out. <laughs> and, they, and they just left. And, like, nobody chased them. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> this is... This, this is what this is, huh? We're just going to keep blowing shit up and never really beating anybody. Okay, I get it. So uh, Bumblebee actually does look pretty good. Yes. And it looks like it comes from the heart. And I can't wait to listen to your show about whether it's good or bad because I'm not watching this shit. <laughs> they got me three times. They're not going to get listen, me again. I just I'll be listen, there in the theater. I listened to last week's, uh, last month's mailbag. Shout out to the MTR Network. And somehow they got depalmed and wanted to go see this film. And but he loves trans like anything Transformers or GI Joe. Man, like he's he hasn't gonna seen go- any of them recently, and they got him on this one. Oh wow! So I'm like, the uh, new ones are not as good as the original, the first three. With Shia LaBeouf, oddly enough. That, think about what you just said. Though. I know, <laughs> the I know. Ones I know. aren't as good as the bad ones. It's yes. like, oh god. There, I mean, yeah. but I'm telling you, it's like if you know what you're getting into and you just want to watch some robots fight each other, then go see a Transformer movie. It looks like you know, fighting for the Bob like, No one looks for sub. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No one's looking for substance in this movie. They just wanted to see alien symbiotes fight each other. Symbi- whatever. I'm not even gonna bother trying to mess with that word. Symbiote. Yeah, they say symbiote <laughs> on the movie. Um, <laughs> all right. So a couple weeks ago, we talked about Ray Fisher, and he said that. He haven't heard anything about a cyborg movie, and he thinks that it'll be too expensive for the studio to make. That was the last we heard from Ray Fisher about cyborg. So this week we hear from Ray Fisher, and he says that his top choice to direct the cyborg movie <laughs> would be nobody, no other than Zack Snyder. What's wrong with this man? Does he need to be <laughs> Flash like uh, my man from Get Out? Got to. Because uh, I don't want to see Zack Snyder direct a cyborg film. I can't think of anything more extra than Zack Snyder directing a cyborg film. <laughs> yeah. I no. mean. Michael Bay directed a cyborg film. Oh, yes. Yeah, you that. see, well, that yeah. might be worse. There it's you bad. go. I'm going to go on Twitter and just, you know, I'm going to drop off my list of women I'd like to have sexual intercourse with. <laughs> um <laughs> hey, you're not Adam like, Sandler. You can't do that. That's just exactly right. That's, that's about the thing. As likely if you're going to like <laughs> say who do I want to direct the movie, um, it's going to be the guy in charge of everything. It makes sense. Like who do I want to be my son's godfather? Oh, my boss, the, the guy who pays. Me. <laughs> well, then I, wouldn't I get pick, it? I would pick Jeff Johns then. Yeah, but Jeff that, Johns but not in charge anymore though. But that's funny though. When you say oh, better than uh, when you say comic book person. 
I want comic book person to direct my movie that offends Zack Snyder, anti comic book comic book person. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I don't even know what happened there because the Watchmen wasn't that bad of a movie. Whoa, hey, okay, I'm not the guy for that. Yeah, <laughs> with you, hey. you didn't like it. Uh, no, no, no. I, I, it's not that I think the movie was bad. I'm such a fan of the source material that the movie is soulless to me, uh, and it's not fair. And I think the show is going to be much better. Yeah, because I think I think it's more of a serial in the way you can approach it. I think the universe is way more interesting than a shot for shot retelling of the comic. And again, it's it's not a knock uh, on Watchmen specifically. I just I was so into the story as I'm reading it and it was so suspenseful watching it happen that it, there was no way that a movie doing the exact thing that the book did could work for me. Where conversely, I love uh, Dark Knight Returns one and two animated version, which is literally a shot for shot retelling of the Dark Knight Returns. <laughs> I love it. Um, it's just Watchmen is that thing where it's so stylized and the source material isn't. It's almost too pretty. Like watching comedian fall out that window in the, the most glorious of HD bothers the shit out of me. And it's not fair. <laughs> it's not. Uh, and then uh, I actually heard this story on the Sanity Report, but I already had an article from it, so I thought about not doing it because they already talked about it, but fuck it. Uh, so apparently um, these scientists are making an AI that sucks dick. So it's an, <laughs> a, it's an autonomous machine, and it uses machine learning, which Mike knows all about because he's a uh. programmer. Our resident evil genius. And it's called the Autoblow AI. A sex toy made for penis-possessing individuals consists of a rubbery sleeve and a motor housed inside a canister that aims to simulate oral sex. It launched the Indiegogo campaign last week and quickly hit its goal of $50,000. Its biggest advertised advantage over the original model from... Listen to this. Its biggest advertised advantage over the original model from 2014, the Autoblow 2, is a machine learning algorithm that continually changes techniques in order to oh. pleasure the user in new and exciting ways. Uh, they actually documented over 190 hours of women given oral sex. I was just going to say that that's exactly what they would have had to have done, which in order made to simulate really all the different techniques of giving oral sex. Instead of repetitive mechanical motions, the AI mode promises to replicate the nuanced and unpredictable motions of real human blowjobs. In order to do this, the company asked a team of six people to watch and annotate oh, 109 hours of porn and hired machine learning engineers to create a model to take all that data and translate it into what the toy does. This entire process took three years. Mike, as somebody that is a programmer, how difficult is this? Um, I mean... Uh, the the harder the the machine learning actually isn't that hard at all because you just set up like you need that test data which honestly this, I don't know why it took three years like I'm, I'm trying to think like all machine learning is it's just like you give it a set of parameters that you want it to conform to and then it tests hours and hours and hours of something you know until and based on whatever you your desired result is it'll it'll change you know its function depending uh i mean the hardest i guess you just the manpower for this project is the hardest part getting 100 hours of oral sex and you know yeah i mean so i just don't know why anyone would do that 
Yes. Who wants this? Cam, go ahead. I would never leave my house. Yeah, I was about to say. So like, <laughs> like I don't, don't want it. Yeah, I don't want it specifically, but you know, I'm 32. So when I think about all the things that, like, the inanimate objects that I've humped, I'm like, well, you know, that's fair. This, that was fair. This does beat like, you know. Those two couch cushions I used to slide between when I was thirteen. My thing with like, this though is like not to cut you off or anything, but thank you for cutting me off. By the way, this is like the motion. Okay, get the motion down, but like it's still not flesh. Like on flesh, it's still synthetic. It can't be that great. Like I gotta give it a shot. Who cares if you got like, the motion down? I mean, the thing about it is, are we oh, so guys? Like, I I haven't been on your show before. I don't want to go too far with some things. You can't I'd go. You gotta, I guarantee you go we probably went farther at some point. Yeah, I mean, like, sure. okay. I mean, like, look, keep keeping it a buck. You remember the first time somebody lined you up? Yeah. And, you know, they're getting ready to go, and then they spit first. Woo! And you remember how, like, you all of a sudden were like six inches taller because you jumped on your tippy toes because you weren't ready for that? I don't know if a machine can necessarily, you know, like, it's just there are but certain you know, things about actual people, about actual human interaction. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Also, is it bad that I kind of think this is going to produce sexual assault cases? But here's the thing. I mean, right? hey. So when the robot revolution happens, right? <laughs> I have one in my room Listen. right now that's probably planning to kill me. He's asleep. <laughs> when the robot revolution happens, we're going to give the robots rights. So they're going to have rights. Well, they should. So are these going to essentially be like the, the sex workers of the robot world? And then, if listen, it's essentially a bunch of like, I don't know, man. This is just weird as fuck to me. I can't imagine. Because, all right, listen, let's just say they get the, let's just say they look at the best women, men, and gay or straight porn who give the best blowjobs, whatever, to make this algorithm. Um, and, and let's just say this robot can actually, uh, you know, reproduce that and, like, replicate it. Um, who, when somebody gets this, what's going to make them interact with actual people? Oh, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, I'm not understanding why they would, like, if it actually replicates that, I'm not talking to nobody anymore. I'm not in a relationship. <laughs> you know how much money I would say if it, if it really did everything? It's not, yeah. It, it's just, ugh, I have to rearrange my whole apartment. Like, where, where am I going to put this thing? Like, I. Also, oh boy. how do you explain this to people on both <laughs> sides, right? How do you explain that you bought one of these and you used mm-hmm. one? But even, might even be even weirder. If you're the scientist who's working on this, how do you tell people what the hell you're working on? Well, no, that's what you tell them. You're like, you remember Mousetrap? They're like, yeah, I remember Mousetrap. Okay, imagine that with your dick. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, okay. I, it adds up. It makes sense. No, it, it's it's absolutely ridiculous, but, you know, dildos are also ridiculous. And whips and chains are ridiculous. Um, but I could literally do a cartwheel out my apartment and be in the sex store right now. Oh, that's all the weird shit that they got in there. Oh, Why not have something that you could also get at Sharper Image? I think it would be okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we went long today. Uh, but before we get out, thanks again, Cam, for coming on. Uh, one of my favorite people on Twitter, man. I'm glad you came on the show. 
before we get out though, tell everybody um, where they can find South Congress, where they can find the East Coast Cast, and what did y'all talk about this week? Yeah, um, so you know, Pro Wrestling Torch East Coast Cast. You can go to eastcoastcast.com. We are one of the many uh, shows across the Pro Wrestling Torch. Um, we went over, you know, talked a bit of Crown Jewel, talked uh, Evolution, and it was kind of a cool show because it's one of the few times that me, Rich, and Travis schedules yep. all lined up. So we all three got to do the show together. That was really fun. Um, South Congress podcast, you can find it on whatever you listen on, SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Spotify. Um, this week's episode is on YouTube, and that's South Congress with a K. Me and my best friend, Peanut, just uh, talking about the goings-on of the week. Um, we kind of went over in detail the um, the shooting I did over the weekend as far as the, uh, the Shakespeare short that I'm going to be a part of. Um, we, you know, talked a little bit about politics. It always devolves into, you know, the hijinks we used to get into back when we were in college and such. And then it turns into him talking about the unruly women in my life. So always a good time. Um, South Congress podcast, South Congress with a K comes out every Monday at uh, 7 a.m. Central. So, yeah, be on the lookout for that. Um, like you said, Twitter, Instagram, Seahawk, C-E-E-H-A-W-K. I'm either taking a picture of some food or talking about who I'd beat up or making some type of Photoshop edit. So, yeah. I'm or your workout everywhere. shits. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That's and that's a, a point of contention on the podcast too. Yeah. I'm trying to explain to Peanut that we can be like the super fit podcast guys and we do videos, and he's like, "You just want it for the hoes." I'm like, "Well, no, I'm just wanting it for the hoes, but the hoes do pay money for things, and we like to sell things." Very so. true. It's not bad. So, so. And when Danielle and Stephanie, our other hosts, listen to this, I'm pretty sure you're gonna get a follow because they are they love the thirst. Every episode's well, the thirst. Fantastic. So, so yeah, hopefully we can do um, some actual artistic work together, too, and they should tell their friends to look at me and then eventually spend money with me. It'll be <laughs> yeah. great. So, yes, thanks again, Cam, for coming on. Um, you can Me and Devin, like we said earlier, we're on the TV channeling podcast, so check that out with Tachi and Kevin. They're great uh, reviewing all types of TV shows, and Tachi's like a whole genius. Uh, like a whole and genius. And a film doctor. Yes, like a, a whole, whole film genius. doctor. Uh, so <laughs> definitely go listen to her show. Uh, go listen to the East Coast cast. Go listen to the PW Torch. If you like it, subscribe. I'm a VIP member. If you like pro wrestling, it's about as good as you can get. Them, uh, Wade and Dave Meltzer are like the kings of this. So you want to get learn more about wrestling, listen to Bruce as well. He's fantastic. So definitely go uh, subscribe to the PW Torch livecast, the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast on Podcast One, uh, and the East Coast cast uh, with Cam and Travis. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere you find your podcast at. Leave us a five-star review. It helps us out a lot. Oh, we're also on Spotify. I always forget to say that. But um, mm. go listen to us on Spotify. It's actually easier uh, than everything else. And Follow we, me. Are you on Twitter? Oh, yeah. Where's your Twitter? I never even tell people. Uh, I don't even know. I yeah. think it's oh, MG He's never on Twitter. Devin will be back. I, I'm always on me. Twitter. No, December first. December first. Devin will be back on social media, so we'll tell you whatever his shit is then. So thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you later. <laughs>